the South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports teams from south of the Canadian border. Here's your host, Adam Corsair. All right, here we go. Welcome to another special watch along collaborative edition of your favorite three Toronto Raptors podcasts. Let's break this down. First and foremost, we've got Jason Long of the official podcast of Raptors HQ. That's a rap podcast. Jason, man, what's up? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I've uh, come to think about how you know we resorted to watching old games, but that's okay because I'm just going to live in 2019. Let's hey. just all go back to 2019 for a sec. It was a great year, right? It was. Oh, all, yeah. Hell all yeah. things considered, great year. Um, also joining us, of course, just like last time, Mr. Connor Chambers of Toronto Sports View and the TSV podcast. Connor, what's up, bro? What it do, baby? <laughs> what it do? I, I already cracked mine, so I, I would have cracked it. But that's some 2019 lingo oh, right here. there. <laughs> <laughs> that's some ASMR for you right there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So you guys clearly are in good spirits, uh, despite the thing that will not be named. Uh, first and foremost, well, first of all, this is also the South of Six podcast. We are part of the stadium scene.tv network. And part of the Overtime Media crew, obligations out of the way. How are you guys doing during this crisis? Cool. Uh, I think, <laughs> we're, as, yeah. <laughs> I think we're as good as we can be. As long as everyone's safe and as long as everything is trying to stay positive. You, you know what I mean? Like, right. you can't do anything else but to stay positive. And, I, I, you know, everyone out listening out there, I hope you guys are, are staying home staying safe and you know what just watch some old raptors games man that's it yeah just reminisce at this point like you know what this thing that won't be named is it's not really going away anytime soon uh this is going to be reality for a bit so if we just embrace the the league pass option watch a little bit of stuff back reminisce on how good this team actually is and how much we had overcome this year in terms of perceptions which i know we'll talk about um, just remember how good this team has been this year. And if there's no more basketball, then just think what a what an awesome t- time and year to be a Raptors fan, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It should be noted that um, League Pass, NBA has been granting its audience uh, free League Pass up until, I want to say, I think it was April 14th or thereabout, um, maybe a little earlier, I'm not sure. But for the sake of this podcast, we have League Pass available to us for free. And for the sake of you, the listener, you too have League Pass available to you for free. Yeah, so there's no weird like (laughs) download link you have to do like last time when we did this. There's no conversion of video type. You can just simply go to NBA.com, go to League Pass, watch a game for free. It just doesn't have to be any game. It can be, sorry, it doesn't have to be this game. It can be any game. Any game that you want to watch from the 2019-20 season if you want to reminisce. Or a little bit earlier into 2019 as... Jay uh, said, you know, so it, it's uh, it, it's a good time to be uh, a, a fan of the past, I guess. <laughs> Maybe not the best time to be a sports fan, but uh, a lot of good a lot of good uh, games to reminisce on as you guys. It's a covered. good it's a good time to be a Raptors fan because in 2019 was our first championship run right there, man. It's true. It's true. Um, you know, settle a bet for me, though. So I'm I'm in a bunch of uh, of messenger chats with my buddies and I'm like, yo, guys, you know, it, this sucks. There's no sports, but let's face it. Toronto Raps are two-time, uh, two-time defending champions. And every one of my friends, that's not how this works. That's not. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like we defending the title again if if the season gets canceled. Yep. 
You guys agree with no. that, right? I agree with that 100%. Come on. If, if we 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 didn't okay, the only thing I would, you know, argue is that we didn't technically defend it, but it's not like anyone, you know, wanted against us either. They didn't have a chance, but we still no one no one took it away from us. We do you defended need, by default. Yeah, do you yeah. need do you need a postseason to defend? Like we sort of defended it during the regular season, did we not? In a way. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, think, you know what? Here's the thing. We made the playoffs. Everyone had us written out of the playoffs. We got yeah. Jason McIntyre in his mom's basement for Fox News. I'm back to the lottery, <laughs> you fucking suck. You shut up, bro. Back to the basement. Like, back to the basement. You go back to your mom's basement and be quiet. True. It's true. You know what? I think it would have been worse if the Raptors had a bad season. I think because the Raptors are still so good, and if we had this whole, you know, 30-team uh, uh, one game or, you know, winner-take-it-all, the Raptors would have a bye, right? So, like, it's it's not like we are defending champions and we have, like, a uh, under-500 team. We are right. a good-ass team. Right. No, I agree. I agree. I, I think that, you know, all jokes aside, the Raptors clinching a playoff spot and, um, you know, it, chances are we weren't going to capture that first seed but the fact that we were still the second seed and we were kind of gaining ground i think at this point of recording depending on whether or not the season returns i think six and a half games back if i'm not mistaken something like that it was around the seven mark yeah for sure yeah uh, it, it was it was possible yeah. like we mathematically speaking we weren't out of it we could have still gotten that number one seed yeah there yeah. there were only four teams in the nba to clinch playoff spots milwaukee lakers raptors and celtics there you go they, not, the Clippers. <laughs> not, not the Clippers. Not the Clippers. <laughs> nope, they're not. Um, all right, so before we uh, jump into the Wayback Machine, let's get a little house cleaning out of the way. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, this is a collaborative effort, just like last watch along between three awesome Toronto Raptors podcasts, maybe two better than the one you're listening to. Um, so uh, so if you, if you uh, have a moment, and let's face it, you're in quarantine, you have many moments. Do yourself a favor. First of all, subscribe to each one of these shows. Subscribe to That's a Rap Podcast. Just search on Apple Podcasts. Look up Raptors HQ. That's how you will find sure. that podcast. If you're listening to it on this stream and you're already subscribed, thank you. Uh, give all three of these podcasts, uh, That's a Rap, Toronto Sports Views, South of the Six, five stars if you're listening to Apple Podcasts and a quick review. I'm telling you, it's all about supporting the local businesses right now. It's all about supporting your local economy. Your podcast economy is no different. Really, it's not. It helps keep the lights on tenfold when you leave five stars and a quick review. It might not be meaningful to you guys, but to us, it means the world. So take time out of your day, please, and give us five stars and a quick review. We will owe you big time. And I promise, maybe we'll do more watch-alongs for you. There you go. I don't I don't have a lot of time these days. So oh, yeah. <laughs> Same, right? Connor's doing a watch along after this one too. That's yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like that clip out of the Grinch where it's like five thirty yeah. dinner with myself. Can't again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too busy, bro. Uh perfect. Yeah, we're all really busy around these times. Well, hopefully everyone is staying safe. Hopefully everyone is staying clean, and hopefully uh, your loved ones are doing the same as well. Um, so a little bit of current event news. I don't know if you guys got the scoop. But the city of Toronto is shutting down public events until June the 30th. It is my understanding, though, that sports are not necessarily part of this quote-unquote ban. However, 
you know, chances are it's probably going to lean towards that way. So, uh, Connor, what do you make of this? Do you think this is something that's probably going to carry over to sports, or are you keeping those fingers crossed? Um, I think, okay, so the thing is the city won't get in the way of sports um, because of the fact that the sports in Toronto, is it's such a moneymaker, right? Like, there's a lot that comes from it, and the last thing that the city wants to do is piss off, like, MLSE or something like that. Right. Um, there, I think that they're going to play it smart and leave it to the governing bodies of these leagues to make the right decisions and trust that they will. Uh, I don't think that uh, even if games were to resume before June 30th, which I honestly don't think that they would, but if they were going to, I would believe that they would be played in front of no fans to start. Mm -hmm. So I, I really think like even, even by him saying, Oh, sports would be like exempt potentially or whatever. I don't really think it's, I think it's sort of like a mute point because of the fact that I don't think that there would even be fans allowed from the say the NBA or the, the NHL or MLB or whoever, whatever governing body decides to resume before that date. I don't think that they would have fans in at least for the first like month or so. Yeah, it, absolutely. And, and the thing is this news is coming out like every single day and, and the news constantly changes. Like yesterday, we just found out that schools aren't going to be back until next month. And then now that we found out that, you know, sporting or all types of events won't happen until June 30th. And we don't know if that's going to upheld that it could be until later. And also, I don't know if you heard this, uh, Adam, but uh, John Tory, the Toronto mayor said that if you if you aren't practicing social distancing, then you might get fined like up to 700 bucks or Ooh. something like that. Oh, yeah. There like, was a fine in Scarborough. Some guy got a $850 ticket for not practicing social distancing. I think I'm pretty sure a reverend got fined, too, for like holding mass or in something Florida. like that. Like it, <laughs> yep. In Florida. It, it's getting in Florida. It's mm -hmm. getting kind of ridiculous, but it's not like it's it's easy to besides the fact that it, it is you know, think about it. It is easy to, to practice social distancing if you're home. But if you're out and about, it's, you know, there's so many rules and regulations that you can't really keep uh, keep up with it. So it's like, I'm pretty sure more and more rules and regulations are going to come about it. I honestly don't think, personally speaking, I don't think that sports is, or at least the NBA, I honestly don't think it's going to come back. I Same. have my fingers crossed, don't get me wrong, and I want it to come back. I just don't see it happening just because of these, this news, just, you know, every day it's something new. It's something different that we just, no one has ever had to go through this before. And when you have something like sports where thousands of people entering to arena to watch other people like play a physical sport, it just doesn't seem feasible at this moment. You know, don't you think? I agree a hundred percent. I touched on this last week, um, on the episode. It's, it's, you have to think of the intricacies here, right? The The NBA already went nuclear by not canceling the season because they didn't, but at least putting a long-term pause on it. Um, mm -hmm. if, you, if you bring this back incrementally, like, and, and I mean by like maybe closed-off arenas where there are no stands for fans at all, right? And, and so it's not so empty. It's not going to sound so reverberated around. Like It doesn't seem weird, but you still have mm -hmm. production crew. Right, you have to have a television analyst there unless they're going to do that remotely. But you still need a camera crew there, right? And you still need referees there. You still need training staffs there. You still need assistant coaches there. So worst case scenario, right? Like we, we are we're under the understanding here with uh, a lot more information with this, you know, this virus um, that it could stay in your system for up to 14 days without showing any symptoms where you're the most contagious. 
right? So let's just say someone, the head trainer, is on day 12, asymptomatic, super contagious, and so there's a game going on. A player goes down. The trainer comes running towards that person and, of course, has to tend to that player, right? And right up close, you're not practicing social distancing there. The player catches it, right? Goes home, doesn't realize he has it, passes it on to his family or the coaching staff, and it just goes and spreads like wildfire all over again. Are you going to cancel the season at that point? To me, like, it's, that's just not prudent. That doesn't make sense. Right. So for me, it just makes more sense. I know it sucks, but, and I don't want this. I don't think any of us want this on the show or even the listeners, but it just makes more sense to just kind of call it. Like, I know that sucks, and, you know, it's sort of unprecedented, but this isn't the first time a major sports season has been called. Connor, you know, 1994, the baseball strike. Yeah. Like, you know, that mm-hmm. was in control of something, but still, the season was canceled. So it's not mm-hmm. like it's a it's a unprecedented move in a way. It is certainly uh, a, a little weird, but it's it's not like it hasn't been done before in history. Yeah, we see, we see with lockouts, right? Right. Like we, we've seen it, like, even in the NHL, we've seen it with lockouts in the NHL. Obviously, you might not really be aware of that, but we, we, see, we see it in the NHL. Um, NHL always seems to have lockouts of some sort, whether it's a shortened season or canceled season or whatever. But it's not, it's not unprecedented to have a season be shortened or canceled. It's just unprecedented that it happens to be a global pandemic causing mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the season right. to be canceled. Which is why I think that it should. Like, okay, so for the, I think what you said, Adam, the 94 MLB uh, season got yes. canceled. Yes. Was it beginning of the season or was it in the middle of the season? It was sort of midway through. Like, I think this, obviously the season started in March or, or yeah. early April. I want to say come like June or maybe a little bit later because the Expos were, were rolling. It, so Expos I, fans are punching the air right now. Yeah. Listening to this. Was it <laughs> like are, July? So mad. Was it July, August that it got called? Ooh. I think uh, it was July, mid. I think. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think it was it was it, it was either I want to say like late June or early July. I don't think it was in August. I'm going to take a look and see. It wasn't but, as close to the playoffs as the NBA season was. Put it that okay. way. Okay. I, that that's fair, but I mean, just to think about it, if you're going to lock out a season because of I don't know what some sort of issue, I'm sure it had to do something about like bargaining agreement yeah, or money it was a or CBA. something. It was a CBA. This is a legit oh. pandemic. This is where you, you can't have two people, two or three people in the same room together, and right. you're not going to like what I, what I'm trying to say is like if there is a reason for you to cancel the season and and no one's going to fault you for it. And I think it's actually a better idea for the safety of everybody. This is the reason why. And if you're going to look at like, you know, the, the 94 lockout or any NHL lockout, it, those were reasons that were controllable. This right. one is not controllable. So why not control something that you can't control now? You know, uh, it was in, it was in August to the beginning August. of August. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, it was in August. Yeah, it was in August. I'm an idiot. Whatever, come at me. Um, also, 2004-2005 NHL lockout mm-hmm. was the year that I was thinking of. That was a full year missed. Yeah, yeah. So you're no, Jason. You're right. It, it this is something that we can't even bargain our way out of. It's not like two parties are disagreeing on something and there's sort of a reconciliation factor that's just not being reached. This is out of control. And that's not Mm -hmm. necessarily to anybody's fault. Like, I'm not pointing blame at anybody, but this is the facts and we have to deal with it. So if we're going to deal with it, we have to do it responsibly. And in order to do that responsibly is we can't have a lot of individuals around (laughs) each other, like whether that be players. Like, just think of defense, right? Just think of defense alone. That is 
the epitome of anti-social distancing. <laughs> so how, <laughs> how can we do this? Like to me, it just doesn't make how, sense. Yeah. Like when you when you're injured, right? And you just come back from an injury, like let's say an ankle injury. You you uh, all three of us are, you know, probably play rec sports or somehow. Mm-hmm. You 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 know hurt your ankle, you come back, you're a little, you know, hesitant to like jump off your foot or play hard defense. Think about these players who just came off, like we just came back from a pandemic. They're I'm not going to speak for these professional athletes, but I mean, you're going to be hesitant to actually want to touch anybody anymore. Just like in the mental back of your head, you're going to be like, I don't know about this. And, and it's just, it'll just be so weird. You know, like who's going to be allowed into the arenas? Who's not going to be allowed? Are there going to be TV crew? Is there going to be, are you going to have like five people on the bench or five people? Like there has to be a seat in between each person on the bench. Like it's just, there's just so much, man. It's too involved. It's just too involved at this point and we can't like take anything for granted. Like I don't I think the expectations or the hope rather is that one day we're going to wake up and be like, oh, everything's back to normal. It's going to be a very gradual increase of all these things. Like think of the slope down towards like social distancing. So in Rhode Island right now, it's max four. If you are five plus in a group, you are getting fined by law. They shut down the beaches. They shut down the state parks, house parties, anything. Unless it's a living situation, if you are five or more, you are going to have to pay a hefty fine, right? And that's just in Rhode Island. Think about like New York, where this is like ground zero. I don't mean to use that term in jest here, but that is for this pandemic in America, this is like the epicenter right now. So... I don't know. Like, think about the Brooklyn Nets. Think about the New York Knicks trying to play games if they can. Or the the Nets, if we go right into the playoffs, they can't. Like, you literally can't do that. Like, and think of the travel situations with the with the airplanes and stuff. It's just not practical at this point. You can't bubble this, right? And so for me, it's just like, I don't know. I, I just, I have a feeling that come the fall, this is going to come back and rage anyway. I kind of just want to see what happens for the remaining of the remainder of 2020 and then we could reevaluate in 2021. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you if you want to take any solace of it, once everything comes back, everything comes back. You're talking about NBA at like uh NHL, I mean, I'm pretty sure football will be back in in season. MLS will be back in season. Like it's all sports, everything will be back. Right. And that is what I'm looking forward to right Let's now. hope so. Let's hope so. Uh, Connor, you got anything more you want to touch on when it comes to this crisis? No, I think, I think you guys did a pretty good job with, um, kind of summarizing everything that's sort of been about, you know, like the, every, like the sports landscape in general, it's just, uh, you know, it's been touched on so much. We're just, uh, it's been such a thing where we're just sitting there like almost annoyed by it. Right. Like we're yeah. sitting there like, can we get games going on? Like, Oh my God. But, um, obviously, you know, that comes completely second to, um, the health and safety of, of everyone else. So um, it's just first world problems at this point. But well, let's do it. Let's get some games going on. We welcome you to get back into your way back machines to one of the greatest games of this past season. We're going to go back to November 10th, 2019. A very depleted Toronto Raptors squad enter the first night of a back to back in LA to take on a more or less fully healthy Lakers squad. Depends on how much weight you really want to give to Rajon Rondo. I don't. So I'm going to call this a fully healthy <laughs> Lakers squad. Oh, my God. I almost choked. Yeah. So you know what I mean? So, look, as I mentioned at the jump of the show, League Pass is free for people. So I encourage everybody to hop onto League Pass, go back to November 10th, 
It will say there's eight games available. You can click on the Toronto Raptors in L.A. to take on the Lakers. Like last time, we're going to do a countdown. Now, it's worth mentioning we are using the away stream, the Toronto Raptors stream. This is a TSN stream. Right at the jump of the show, it should be Matt and Jack chopping it up about uh, roster construction and the starting lineup. So, guys, are you ready? Let's do it. Connor, are you ready? All right, here we go. I'm I'm born ready. (laughs) Okay. So, like (laughs) last time, it's going to be three, two, one, play, and then I want everybody at the same time to press play. I encourage you, the listener, turn the volume down on your sound for the game and crank this volume on your podcast feed all the way up. Sit back and enjoy. So, we're ready. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. All right, we have Matt and Jack chopping it up, and it's worth mentioning also this is the ninth game of this season, so the season itself is still fresh. Any sort of pandemic or crisis is not even on the radar. The Toronto Raptors head into this one with a record of 6-2 and two with their only two losses of the season thus far coming to the hands of the Celtics and the Bucks. There was a lot of disrespect given to the Raptors as a result of the team not retaining Kawhi Leonard over the offseason. You know, we had some analysts not even, you know, including them in playoff conversation. <clears throat> Dennis Scott. <clears throat> Who would that be? I don't know. Heard. <laughs> a possible, you know, a Toronto Raptors uh, ex-head coach? I don't know. Uh, Maybe. Uh, he, <laughs> he shall not be named. Anyway, this game aside, <laughs> was this just familiar to us? He was a co- coach of the year, Adam. Oh coach yeah, of the year, yeah. Sam Mitchell. That's the uh, the trivia question I got wrong on the yes. uh, the what was it the Hunter Surplus's podcast? Anyways, Raptors yeah. Raptor. Uh, this game Raptors, aside, Raptor. was this just familiar territory for Raptors fan having to deal with slander? Or uh, Jason, did you get the sense that the fan base was just a bit more put off by such narratives as a result of being the defending NBA champions? Look, man, we're facing the Lakers and right at least at this moment, right? We're uh it's it's the last time we're gonna see uh Danny Green. I hope like I wish he came here and get to actually get his ring. Mm. But I mean, when you're gonna face someone like the Lakers at this moment, everyone's gonna be like, it doesn't matter. It's all about the Lakers, it's all about Braun, it's all about, you know, the Braun's going to look and try to get that chip and everything like that. But we're all used to this, Bro, right? The it, disrespect, what? sorry, the disrespect to try to lob the first play from yes, Braun right. is ridiculous. <laughs> like, get out of here, LeBron. Sorry to interrupt it, you, but that no, was so no, not at all. But like, that's the thing. Like, we're so used to having that kind of disrespect because of plays like that. It's because of uh, uh, Dennis Scott's because of, you know, Sam Mitchell for Sam crying Mitchell. out loud. Yeah. But we're all so damn used to this that, you know what? At this moment, we you, whatever you say doesn't matter. We can go like I know at this game, when we're, it's, it's not happening right now. We're we're only down three. Oh, but we were down like 11 to two or something like that. And every single game this season, I don't know about you guys, when we were down by like maybe double digits 14 or whatever i was like i don't really care like we can come back right you know like it it was it's just incredible what this team uh could do in adversity and you know it it happened in the playoffs and it happened this entire season it it doesn't matter at this point anymore at least for me what do you say connor yeah i mean like he's jay spot on right like every time that you were looking at 
being down like 12, 14 points, 16 points, even sometimes depending on time, like 20 points. I'm sitting there going, yeah, okay. <laughs> See what happens. Right. <laughs> like right? Talk, it, talk about watch party. Our next watch party has to be that 30 point comeback for Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. Oh, that would have been nice. Wouldn't that have been That was nice? my vote. That, one. that was I my vote. That one. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I no, want. No, but there's there's a lot of storylines going to this. Sorry, sorry for interrupting for you, no, Connor. No, 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 that's okay. That's Payback's okay. a bitch, uh, Connor. Karma, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I uh, feel it. I knew it was gonna come back eventually, but uh, no, like, look, I um, I actually didn't get a chance to watch this game. Um, I was in Chicago when this game uh when this game aired, so I didn't have a chance to sit down and watch it in person. This is actually the first time I've watched this game live. Um, I've seen highlights, obviously, but just didn't watch it live. Um, and I was I was following it on my phone and um, I was with my girlfriend and I said to her, she she, she doesn't really follow the Raptors. In them. And she's like, why is it such a big game? And I'm like, OK, you don't understand. All right. <laughs> you don't understand. The Raptors are deplete. They're there. They are a skeleton crew right now. OK. Um, and they're going up against LeBron, LeBronto, you know, LeBronto. She's like, yeah, I think I've heard of it. I'm like, yeah, that LeBronto, okay, <laughs> this thing it's, it's coming. All right. And I really just want to see him get stopped. It would be nice if they could, if they can keep this game within single digits, I would be happy as a Raptors fan. That's basically what I'd said. So yeah, I was kind of following preface, along. Go, go ahead. You should preface to say that the Kyle, both Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka were not in this game. That's right. That's correct. They, they Serge, were Serge Kyle Lowry like a walking just got injured, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, Serge Ibaka out, Kyle Lowry out, like two big stars. Obviously, that was just the beginning of our injury woes. Uh, but it was it was nice to sort of see them come out, and uh, and obviously, you know, Dodds. I, what was the the line? I think I saw at the beginning when that when um when I was following along on the score, they give you like the betting line, and I want to say it was like eleven and a half or twelve and a half. Like it was double digits for the Lakers. Really, it was like twelve and a half points. Yeah. Well, it just goes to show that, you know, even with probably with a healthy Raptor squad, they weren't going to get much respect or, you know, much encouragement to win this game, I think. And, you know, as you guys know, living on the East Coast, I'm sure it's probably the same for you guys. I have a difficult time watching West Coast games. I just cannot start a game at 10 p.m. and stay up till like 1230. I just can't do it. And especially because, like, you know, you guys know I have a child. It's just difficult. Um, So... For me, I had to watch this one the next day and seeing all the tweets being like, this is the greatest Raptors game ever. This is the greatest <laughs> show of adversity, like just taking it to another team, especially, you know, being that it's LeBron's team. This is this is the game to watch. This is perhaps the best game of Toronto Raptors history minus the championship. Um, so I was hyped to watch this. Um, and, you know, after watching it the next day and knowing the result, I was just like, this team, this was the start of when I'm just like, it doesn't matter, and Jason, you touched on this, it doesn't matter what the, what the score is in the beginning, I will not count out this team until the last second. Because, yeah, yeah. yeah, dude, they find a way, even if it's late in the fourth and they're down by like 10 points and there's two minutes left, I still think like that's plenty of time for this team. <laughs> like I've seen them yeah. overcome something <laughs> with less people too, with like these weird, obscure starting lineups. Not that I think this one really is, knowing what happened for the remainder of the season. But still, like there have been worse situations with <clears throat> Patrick Cross starting, and they still won games. Oh my god! You know, so like I, I think this shows that this team, although not given the respect that they deserved in the off season, 
I think this game in particular shut them up. And you can kind of tell by the body language of the players, right? You watch, let's say, and sure, I'll shit on them. Let's say Sacramento mm-hmm. or Charlotte Hornets or like some, you know, teams that just don't have the pedigree that the Raptors have now. You watch them go, uh, you know, uh, they go cold or they're down by 15 or something like that. Their body language or the the lesser teams are just like distraught. And they just don't care anymore because, you know, whatever, um, we're going to lose this game, whatever, whatever. You watch this Raptors team and they're down by 15 with like six minutes to go in the fourth. Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, doesn't matter. Sir, like, uh, Serge Ibaka, Pascal, they're all, they, no one has their head down. Everyone was like, yo, let's do this. Let's crank it up and let's get, let's give ourselves a chance. And they've seen it over and over again. I've said before, like with, with Dallas, this game. Even the game, uh, the last game, or no, sorry, the game after this one uh, against LA, they were going to face LA again uh, against Clippers. the Clippers. Yeah. That game was pretty close too. And we were down the entire time. So like this team, th- like you said, the adversity that they that they put, that they go through, um, it doesn't phase them anymore, right? Nothing nothing does. And it's just so fun to watch because you're like, okay, yeah, they're down by 15. How much time is left? Six minutes? We got this. Yes. Yes. Great. And that's like, when you say six minutes, I'm like, dude, plenty of time. That's like a quarter yeah, right. to the <laughs> Plenty of time. And it makes you wonder, Connor, I'll throw this one to you. How much of this was learned as a result of Kawhi? Like, I know we have a lot of, like, you know, ex-girlfriend kind of I want to chase that forever syndrome when it comes to Kawhi Leonard. But in, in the reality is we've learned as a team, rather, and maybe even as a fan base, uh, a lot from him just being there for a year. Um, so how much of this do you think has to do with winning the championship or having Kawhi on the team, or is it a combination of the two? You know, wise person once told me that you learn something in every relationship, right? Like you learn the, when, whenever you're with somebody, whether it was a good relationship, whether you ended on good terms or bad terms or whatever, there's always something that you take from it, whether it's positive or negative, or whether it's like, I'm never, I never want to be like this again, or, or I'm going to take this and be a better person or whatever. It was like, Kawhi was that like positive relationship and he came in and inserted this like killer championship DNA mentality and let everybody know that these games are all practice games. And that's why that's why they, they go out there and they when they're down 10, 10 points with six minutes to go, they're like, that's fine. No problem. Plenty of time. And if we lose, well, we gave it our best effort and off we go to the next game, because in the end of the day, we know that we can win the title. It doesn't really matter if we're the one seed or two seed or three seed or whatever in their heads, right? Right. Because they they know that they're going to go out there and still do what they need to do when the games to them matter. So um, the the Kawhi effect will be will be pronounced for a very very long time on this team, especially with the guys that were here and then you know the knowing. Messiah and knowing how he's going to and, and Bobby Webster and Teresa Rush and all like that, that whole conglomerate. Knowing how they construct a roster when the time is right, they will bring in those like minded individuals. Right. Masai knew what this mm-hmm. team needed. And as much as we love DeMar and seeing DeMar on Instagram live with Freddie and Pascal chopping it up, it was great to see that and like his love for Toronto. We still love him, obviously, as as fans. But there's something special that Kawhi brought, and it wasn't what well, it's not a knock on Demar. It's just something that's incredibly rare. And it was this 
this mentality of like, this is your business. This is how you go about it. This is how you need to focus in on it. And it left such a pronounced effect on this team. I think that going forward, it's we, we saw it this year, right? We saw it in this game. We saw it in in the when we were down 30 against the Mavs. I was like, look, man, like I know this team comes back, but like, no way. There's no way like, they're not coming back. Like I went I went to I went to the I was watching that game. I, I, I was eating dinner. I was watching that game. I was out eating dinner and I was like, OK, let's just we're, we're going to catch a movie after the game. And I was like, why don't we just go to the movie theater now? <laughs> we'll just we'll just go. Oh, no. We'll go. We'll go. We'll go to the movie theater now. All right. Yeah. So that so I didn't I didn't see the beginning of the comeback. But in the theater, they have this VIP lounge. Right. And I check my phone. And it's a like close game alert and comes up Raptors. And I'm sitting there and I'm playing air hockey with with my girlfriend. Boom, boom, boom. I see the phone. I drop the I drop the thing. I'm like, I got to go. <laughs> Smart, <laughs> like, what do you mean? I'm like, I got to go. Like, I, I'll see you in the next room. Like, I got to go watch this. Like, see you later. So it's uh, you can never count this team out. And that's what he brought. That's yeah. what Kawhi brought. And it's 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 something that I've only seen in, um, you know, I, I've seen that in the LeBron Cleveland teams. Oh, yeah. In that three one series. I've seen it there. I saw it with the Raptors. And I haven't I can I can't really think of another team. Maybe maybe that 2000s Pistons. And that's the only other team I can really think of that had that yeah. adversity of like we're kind of being counted out and we shouldn't be because we're good enough to win. I'd say probably the the Dallas 2011 maybe. Yeah. yeah OK, fair enough. Yeah. With oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Connor. I mean, what I think that the fans wanted and, and myself included, I'm sure we all were too, is that like when it came to Kawhi, obviously we want him to stay. Obviously he's like the Jordan-esque of, of this, this time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ask anybody, of course we wanted him to stay, but we don't fault him for going to, for going home and, you know, this narrative over and over again. But what I think about what the Raptors were going through, and I'm talking about head offense players and, you know, coaches or whatever they knew that the effect that Kawhi was going to put on this team regardless if he was going to stay for more than one year if they had that one year with them the the trickle down effect when it comes to you know Pascal and Freddie and and uh Powell like it's going to be uh, the the amount of experience that he's going to bring to those players is is you know second to none Right. And I think that they were okay with that. And I'm sure I'm sure the the Raptors front office obviously wanted him to stay. And I'm sure that they had a conversation with it, but they were okay when that when that trade happened. You don't think that they were thinking about uh, Kawhi leaving after one year? Of course they did. If they didn't think it was going to be beneficial to this team, I don't think Masai was going to do it. But because that you know, someone like Kawhi and his caliper and what he brings to not only the game, but the locker room uh, on the bench and, you know, doing outside of the game or, you know, uh, outside of the uh, when they go on, you know, team camaraderie building or something like that. Like th- those things, um, what he what he brought to that was probably the, the, the Raptors organization were, were OK with that. You know, like they, there's there's no way that they knew uh, that he wasn't, he was going to stay or leave or whatever. All these conversations were already dealt with, but they were okay because of what he was going to bring in that locker room. I think um, the cool thing about, you know, the whole relationship and the whole aspect of Kawhi Leonard, you know, coming in and what he did for us and 
you know, what he did for the, the city and what he did for the team is like, you know, he was brought in and you can probably liken his tenure as a Raptor as just like a hired mercenary, right? He was, just, he obviously <laughs> yeah. like, he doesn't yeah. necessarily want to be there, but he's, you know, not going to put up a fight. He's getting his money. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, you know, any mercenary you want to, you want to name, right? It's just, I'm going to do what I got to do. Uh, I'm going to do it to the best of my abilities. I'm going to get paid for what I'm going to do. And uh, that will be that. And I'm, I'm just going to move on from there. And so it's kind of like you're asking uh, someone out to the prom if you're in high school, right? And you're super nervous and you really want to go with this person. And that person is just like, yeah, I guess I'll go. And like, you're so amped up. But this person's like, yeah, whatever. I'm just, I'm just going to go to the prom and like, whatever. And that person somehow like nonchalantly gives you the best time ever. And you're just like, I loved it. It was the night of my life. And that person's like, yeah, whatever. It was, it was cool. Like, it's like almost effortless, right? On that person's behalf. You know, but you can look at it that way. You can look at it as like nonchalant. I really didn't want to be there. Here's the way I like to look at it, right? You look at that Spurs team. Right. And I know the year before he was only there for a handful of games, but like even the, the years prior to that, where he did have a, a, a decent amount of games under his belt with the Spurs, that type of mentality didn't necessarily resonate. Right. That type of mentality that you're seeing the Raptors play with right now in this game didn't necessarily resonate. It, it, maybe it was because they weren't young and impressionable, but at the same time, like, you know, he didn't have a team to lead. And even mm-hmm. though he might have not have anticipated staying with Toronto, he did, you know, with a lot of effort, give some sort of like, I don't know, example, led by example with the Raptors. And so it, it, I like to view it as he did try, he did appreciate his time here so much so that he gave pretty much the team like the keys to the secret mint of unlocking how to be a great player. So in that yeah, in that fair. respect, like maybe he does care about this his time in Toronto with the Raptors more than people may want to admit. Yeah, no, I, I think that's too true too. There's so many ways that you can you can look at it, and then I think all in all, um, you can't you know. Again, I'm not going to fault him for for leaving, of course, but I'm just glad of whatever who he, who we traded for. Um, I'm glad it was Kawhi. Because like what you look at the the team that we have now, like even when you have, you know, these are huge games from Boucher and and Davis, too. And I'm not huge saying that, games. you know, I don't I'm pretty sure like Davis didn't play. Matt Thomas didn't play with, with Kawhi. But but the players around these players, I'm talking about, you know, Pascal, I'm talking about Fred. Those guys are giving whatever Kawhi gave to Boucher, to to Terrence Davis. Like it's it's just a trickle down effect that will continue to grow and grow and grow. And and that's that's how I'm looking at it. I'm I'm like, you know, of course I'm gonna be kind of sad that, you know, you know, if he, if if uh Kawhi stayed, it would have been amazing. But I mean like the growth that you got that we're seeing from Pascal, the growth that we're seeing from everybody in this team is is incredible. And I am sure that there's a lot to it of you know how this team was uh, constructed by Masai for sure. But I mean, like I'm it's it's I'm so proud to be a part of the about of, of this fan base for this team. There's not one person that's like egotistic or one person that you're just like, oh I, I wish he could like you know shut up for a second. You know, like I'm just I'm just proud to be a part of uh, of this fan base for this team. 
Yeah, everybody minus Patrick McCaw. I'm totally there with you. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, oh, I saw this. I saw this dumb, dumb conspiracy. It was like conspiracy theory about Corona. Someone, someone didn't want uh, Patrick McCaw to have his fourth championship. <laughs> <laughs> he was gonna get it. Like, Come on, Actually, man. he might. He might still. He's a four-time champ because the Raptors are back to back. Hey, yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, yeah no, I, I like going back to this game, man. Like, I, I'm Boucher had a huge game. Like, this was a great game for Boucher and Davis. Huge, huge. And this was like their. I don't want to say that. Maybe it was. Was it their coming out party in a way? Because I think so. I think it was like the bench coming out party. Yes. Yeah. You know, minus Patrick McCaw because he was hurt. <laughs> man, what a great time! <laughs> wow. Imagine. See how much better the Raptors team is without Patrick McCaw. Uh, don't get me started on it I'll, I'll go off I'm not willing to <laughs> die on know. that hill anymore I just I, you know bro if I could watch one-on-one basketball with Patrick McCaw versus anybody live right now I'd watch I'd pay money to watch it right now <laughs> he's he must be dominating everybody one-on-one in, in, the, in the gym that's the only way that this guy's getting time I don't get it uh, apparently he's the funniest teammate on the on the team. Yeah, yeah, did you see so I so I tweeted I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm laughing too and he's on the court. <laughs> How can he be funnier like, than OG? Are you kidding me? How is it's that possible joke. that he's funnier than OG? How is that even possible? OG is OG seems like the most funniest dude on the planet. Like you could be you could probably have an argument with that dude and start laughing because he all he would just do is repeat the same thing over and over to you. Like you, I put you on scarves. What about scarves? Scarves, yeah. scarves, yes. scarves. And I, I, dude, I wouldn't be able to take him seriously. I start laughing. Like that's funny. I feel like Rondé is probably low key one of the funniest too. Yeah, I can see that. Or like the most joyful. Dude, but he I, was talking about dinosaurs and shit. Like this guy, this guy's for sure funny. Like he's just yeah. low key about it. Or like he's one of those funny because remember the incident with Norman Powell uh, earlier in the season. I forget what it was. I think he like touched his shirt or something or his hat. Or something, and oh, uh, oh, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not your child. Yeah, I'm not your child. So like, <laughs> maybe like when you're on his good side, he's super funny. But if you say something like slightly off, he's like, yo, what the fuck did you just say, bro? <laughs> <He's right>. <laughs> <laughs> I could totally yeah, do maybe. that. Um, but yeah, no, this is one of those games that the the championship attitude and the championship mentality really bled through, and uh, it was one of the games that I was yeah. proud to watch and. Uh, this is, I think, the start of when we were like, they can overcome anything. Look at that game against LeBron. Like that's the, that's what I think the key of this is that this was yeah. a reference point for the remainder of the season. I just want to go back to that last possession. Look at this lineup that we have right now. You got you got Terrence Davis, Matt Thomas, R.J. Boucher, Siakam, mm-hmm. and they're going back on defense right now. Watch mm-hmm. the communication that they have. And it's not like these guys have these guys have played what eleven games. They're talking at they're, this point nine, nine games. Yeah, like they they're just so fluid on their defense. Yeah, sure, Anthony Davis got that bucket, but I mean, how many like young young teams can put together this type of lineup? Who you know, the only player right now who's had a, a significant amount of time on the floor is Siakam, maybe Rondé. But like you have this this core of players right now. You don't see a lot of, of playing time and are just so fluid with their with their zone defense right now. It's it's so crazy to watch. It's incredible. And it, you know, I I don't want to take anything away from Kawhi Leonard, but this Ooh. is this is the start of when I'm saying to myself, 
maybe Nick Nurse has more of an influence than we want to acknowledge. Like in terms, I know it's mm. easy to say that about Kawhi because it's tangibly there and we can see the statistics and everything. But I do think Nick Nurse doesn't get nearly as much credit as he deserves. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. I, I want to go. I know that they do like um, coach. Uh, I don't know. You you they you can go there and have like a summit or or something where you can like volunteer and go like talk to the coach a little bit. And I would love to just hear him just to pick his brain a little bit. Like how does he? I don't know. Get in the minds of of these players because like when you have a star star players and and you you know you can joke about how Frank Vogel might be you know a puppet to LeBron, but I mean you you're still uh, having to talk to grown men who's have coaches and coaches and coaches throughout their entire playing career, and now finally they're at the peak of their um, you know career, and now you're gonna the, Nick Nurse is asked to coach these men, right? And to have the effect that he has on these guys to buy into a system that like not many people would agree on him because of of his style of coaching like it's so out of the box right it's so it no no you don't really see many coaches like him anymore and I, I, yeah it's it's pretty incredible what he's done this year it's it's top notch i don't i honestly don't understand i saw this one like uh, Twitter feed that uh, that they were doing some bracket of like the coach of the year, and I think who won was Eric Spolster or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nick Nurse was, I think he was in like in conference finals of it. But regardless of the fact, like this is all fan based. Nobody's watching this team. Nobody's nobody care. Nobody knows who Nick Nurse is, right? Just last year was all oh, Kawhi was there. That's why you guys won. I don't think so. I don't think that's like nearly half of it. Okay, maybe maybe half of it. But mm. I mean, the the fact that Nick Nurse has made these players buy in is is incredible, man. I would say that Spolstra is definitely in like my top five. I think he yes. is one of the better coaches in the NBA. But given the the injuries that the Raptors have, you know, experienced throughout the entirety of the season and what Nick Nurse had to like throw up against the wall and be like, let's try this. And that sometimes more often than not, it's successful. I, I bias aside, I don't know how Nick Nurse can't be the guy. Mm -hmm. It's, it's literally not even a debate, right? Like it's not even, I don't even think it's anything. I don't, I don't even think another coach is close. Like, and that's just me being, as unbiased as I possibly can, I don't think it's close. Right. Like Boone, like the Bucks have had one of the easiest schedules in NBA history, and one of the top five easiest schedules in NBA history. So, yeah, they have an amazing record. I still would have loved to see what they do in the playoffs because I don't think they make it to the NBA Finals. To be Dude, honest with you, Dwayne Casey could coach the Bucks. Oh, <laughs> Dwayne Casey would probably have a better record on the Bucks. I I don't like I don't like Boone I don't. I think I think if Boone was on the Raptors. They would be a worse team. I think Nick Nurse is a better coach than Boone Holzer. Yes. You heard it when the last time the, the Bucks and the Raptors faced each other, Bud yep. was like, no, we're just going to give everything we got. Like, oh, I'm not holding yeah. anything back. Where Nurse was like, well, I might try some stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dwayne, Which, Dwayne Casey adjusts more in-game than Boone Holzer, and that's saying a lot. Ooh. <laughs> that's saying a lot. Because <laughs> Dwayne Casey makes no in-game adjustments. That's a hot take. Damn. But yeah, no, I mean, who would you like? You ask yourself that. Like, if you had a coach that said, no, we're going to do everything we can uh, with what we have, or would you take the coach that says, no, we're going to try some things? 
100 percent eight times out of ten i'm gonna pick the one that says i'm gonna try some things because you have to yeah right when in in this in this type of game you're gonna have to try it's not it's it's it is a fluid game and people you know they have their own ways of playing this game this style but you have to try some things this game will always evolve and i think that coaching also does the same thing you have to continue to try something if it's not work i I understand if it is if it is working uh you know if it's not it's not broke don't fix it but i mean for budenhoser and that that player front it was broken right (laughs) you gotta fix something yo (laughs) hey here's here's a common denominator budenhoser can't win with his teams right why is that yeah yep right you you have you have the number one seeded teams all the time you can't make it out of your conference yeah, it's Dwayne, it's the Dwayne it's, Casey it's, effect. I and and the thing is in the playoffs, like uh, the, all the narratives are true, right? The game is slower. It's it's more uh, coached based. It's it's mm-hmm. more adjustment based. And so when you have a seven game series, when it came to the, the Atlanta Hawks or or uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, like teams are going to understand you. We saw it year after year after year with Dwayne Casey. Do, we had such a great team for five years, and every time we go into the playoffs, teams would understand us right away after game one or two, and there is no adjustments. LeBron right? said and That's it. why we lost. LeBron said Yeah, it. LeBron. Yeah. Exactly. Remember when, um, I think it was Norman Powell, when Norman Powell was confused about a defensive setup, LeBron, when he was with the Cavs, was like, no, you're supposed to be over here. Like yeah, he yeah, called yeah, the play. Exactly. That's bad. He sunned him so hard, man. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. pulled him away. Like that. That is how predictable Casey was. I'm sorry, Jason. I interrupted you. Good. No, no. It, like that's what I'm trying to say. Like predictability is it is is going to be everybody's fault in this in this case. Nick Nurse, you can't like put uh. Uh, you can put videotape for all these players, but you can't. You have to go back like years and years to figure out what the hell Nick Nurse is thinking. Right. That's the type of coach you want, man. That's something that you don't want to know what their next move is going because I don't think he knows what the hell his next move is. <laughs> he's gonna. He's just gonna throw it out there, and if it sticks, it sticks. And and if it doesn't, then he's gonna change to something else. That's coaching, you know. That's that type of coaching you want. You want the guy that goes with the box and one. That's what you want. <laughs> that it janky works. Defense. It works, man. That's right. That janky defense. That's right. Even remember when KD was on uh, How Hungry Are You? And then he was, you know, he was smack talking uh, the Raptors, of course. But then he, KD was also like, you know what? Your coach, I don't know. He said something about, yeah, uh, some sort of defense. But you guys know how to, like, get a stop. Or your coach knows how to get a stop or mm-hmm. something like that. That's that's coming from the mo- one of the most elite players in the game right now. Like, that's that's incredible, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Good praise. Yeah. I, I just don't understand why. Maybe it's because he's still new. Like, he still has that rookie status, even though he he's, you know, first year he won the championship, um, you know, for his team. But, like, maybe it's because he's not as well-known and doesn't have the prestige as, say, like a pop or, like, a spolstra, you could say. But for anyone, I just, I, for the life of me, and this isn't, you know, my Boston Celtics hate bleeding through necessarily. It's just I'm looking at the the results here. I just don't get why people are all over Brad Stevens. Like, why they think he's such a great coach when... Literally, he's been to the Eastern Conference Finals once, one time, one. That's mm-hmm. you know, like that's as just as many as Dwayne Casey has been, literally just as many. And Brad Stevens couldn't figure out a formula to get by LeBron either. Like, and that's the the Raptors' biggest, you know, evidence for being chokers, I guess, in the minds of the American media. Um, 
I just don't understand why people think Brad Stevens is this great coach, which, in my personal opinion, he's never really proved it. I mean, you're kind of speaking to the choir, right? Like, how many... The only thing that, you know, people are, I guess, other fan bases have against us is you guys were chokers or, Le, you know, uh, Lebronto or you you guys could never get over LeBron. How many times are, are is anybody in the history of the game going to understand that nobody got through LeBron? Right, <laughs> right. He, he's literally one of the best, the, like the top five player in NBA history. And you're... The that type of argument is false uh, from just saying that like you guys couldn't get through LeBron. Nobody could. Boston couldn't get through LeBron. Detroit couldn't get through LeBron. Atlanta couldn't get through LeBron. It doesn't matter. Like you throw anybody couldn't get through LeBron. But the the problem is is that we had to face him. You know, four times out of five in the playoffs. Right. And and we couldn't we couldn't get through. It, it's true. And yeah, like I I don't I don't understand. I will never understand that kind kind of criticism, especially after we won a championship. During during the broadcast, they had flashed a graphic. It's like it's probably about fifteen or twenty minutes ago, and it said that LeBron's all time record against the Raptors postseason and regular season was something like fifty eight and seventeen. Mm. <laughs> Ridiculous! Like, wow. This, yeah. this guy like not, and that was of course feasting on some really bad Raptors teams in the past. But yeah. still, like the the guy is just he knows when he has to step up. Like he's always been that guy that doesn't care if he wins an MVP in the regular season because he knows that in the playoffs he'll put up forty no problem. He knows yeah. that's when he that's when he has to do it. And I know I know all the players say this all the time and. LeBron had sort of alluded to the fact that he was just coming into his own and he was getting ready and ramped up. When when he says that, like I I have to believe him because he's shown that time and time again that once it gets to like the months of March and April, his game starts to elevate and he says, you know, I play at seventy percent during the regular season and right. then eighty or ninety percent when we get into the playoffs and then once we get into the playoffs, ramp it up to a hundred. I think that the greats tend to do that. Like if you look at even like Kawhi Leonard of last year, if we bring it back to Kawhi, he sort of did the same thing where he's putting up these performances like, oh, my God, wow, like he's this, he's a monster. And then he goes into the playoffs and you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, I've never seen this from Kawhi and I've seen it all. Right. right? And so mm-hmm. so you, it's it's that like level of bringing it up and. Uh, you know, the the sweeps against us and that that six games, that notorious six game series um, against us as well. He just he knows when he has to step it up and when he needs to be, you know, the greatest on the court. And that's what yeah. that's what he does. Right. He's the greatest of this generation of players. No argument. He's the greatest of the generation. Yeah, I won't argue with that, but it's a it's a good segue to talk about the Lebronto narrative. So let's let's hit on that. Um, you know, as you, you, you referenced the record. Connor, and this isn't the first time that the Raptors were were able to capitalize over a team led by LeBron James during the regular season. Um, during the playoffs, though, as you mentioned, it's a totally different story. That's when he turns it on. He goes from 70 to 100. Um, and that's when, you know, as we've been talking about, the media would emphasize that the Raptors were chokers. Um, did this game, you know, obviously the year prior, LeBron's not in the conference. We don't have to see him in the playoffs. I, I think he was hurt towards the end anyway. Um, did this game sort of even the keel for you, Connor? Or are you chalking it up to just another regular season or rather one of 82 practice games? Yeah, I mean, if, I, if I'm going to say that, I can't go the other way and say that this is like a be-all, end-all game, 
right? Like as much like as 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 excited as I was about it, and while this game may have had a little bit more significance from a storyline perspective, at the end of the day, it's still another practice game, right? At the end of the day, um, it's still just another game in the regular season to get tuned up for when when it really matters, which is the postseason. But some victories are always going to be sweeter than others, and this game to to come out there and get a victory against of facing this storyline against the uh, early narratives of the Toronto Raptors season. And like you had, like you had mentioned before, LeBron toe and the dominance that LeBron has and the Raptors become baby dinos and crumble under the Le- LeBron James and his greatness and all that stuff. It was, it was nice to come out and get a victory against it, yeah. but you know, and the, and the players even had alluded to this. It's, it's just another game. Yes, it's nice to get a victory against a team that's good, like the Lakers this year. But at the end of the day, a win's a win. They don't ask you how. They don't ask you against who. They just ask you how many when you're going in the playoffs. And then you got to win 16 more. It's that simple when you break it down like that. So, um, yes, again, a little bit sweeter. But to me, it's, it's like you said, one of 82. Yeah, we, you when you face a team like uh, the Lakers or just you know a player like LeBron, you face you know any player like uh, in that caliber. You're talking about Giannis or uh, Kawhi or something like that. And you, if you, regardless if it's a regular season or in the playoffs, when you win those games, it's always going to be sweet, right? And no, to answer your question, Adam, I don't think it it it's still going to be one game out of eighty two, but this definitely didn't. I guess for you know narrative reasons or like the 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 talking heads, it didn't go. It made them go, hmm. This this Toronto team, it's not the same, right? I don't I don't think it's going to you know it's not the same or or like the narratives aren't uh, true, you know? Like it, it kind of like the scratching heads, I guess, you know? Like the 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 conversation of this this team is going to fail in the playoffs or this because it's just all Kawhi. I think it started a certain trend or a a mindset that this is not just another Toronto Raptors team. I, I, I definitely do think that this kind of, this game in particular started to get that mindset going a little bit. So wh- how do we then, as a fan base, sort of reconcile those two things? Because they seem at least like, Prima facie, they seem a little bit of a contradiction. Like you we're saying 82 practice games, maybe when things go wrong, but when we have a victory like this one over the Lakers, a 30-plus point comeback versus Dallas, we don't sort of harp on that, right? It, those are things we're celebrating, and we're not saying to ourselves or diminishing the fact that, eh, just another practice game. So where is the line drawn where we can acknowledge that the team is making steps forward but still say, but it really only matters in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Connor, you want to take this one first? Um, no, you can go ahead. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so I remember this one time when I called it. So I used to work at the Fan 590. Mm-hmm. And uh, my one of my favorite uh, hosts is uh, Raj Lajoie. I don't know if you heard yeah, him Yeah, the Raj. Yeah. Yep. yeah, the Raj. So he's such a great guy. So he had a segment, and I didn't work there anymore, but I called in, and he was just uh, talking about, and this was before, like maybe three years ago or something like that. And he was like, what do you guys think about this Raptors team like do you are is this the real deal or or such and such like something like that and I called and I was like what's up Raj uh it's really nice to talk to you again I think it's I told him I was like I think it's time for us to uh get rid of that narrative and and be 
I, I don't think it's okay to criticize this team uh, anymore because like we are such a good team and I, I feel like we have to put this team in the in high praise. And then so and his rebuttal was like, I think it's okay to continue to criticize the team because if not, then we're just going to we're just going to be another fan base that's just going to be uh, all the way, uh, you know, taking the really big highs or just the really big lows. Sometimes right. you have to criticize a team when they're doing badly or when they're doing poorly. And I think that's that's OK. Right. So, of course, yeah. yes, there's going to be uh, fans that are going to be like, oh, this 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 team or this uh, Lakers game was one of the best games uh, of the season. And, and it was right. But then there's also going to be fans is going to be like oh my god this team sucks after a five game losing streak i think there has to be a middle ground where it's like you have to take the good when it's great right but also if the team's going during doing bad you have to be like you know what what's what's happening how can we fix it and and there, you know there's it's 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 a tightrope and there's not going to be a lot of fans i think that way uh but it's okay it's okay to criticize this team that means that they're also doing good that means that we just want him in the higher level connor do you want to go mm. um so i i think i think that the like i don't i don't i don't necessarily know if the line has to be definitive right like going back to what you're saying but where's the line um i don't know if the line has to be definitively drawn or definitively defined or something where it's like oh this is how you have to behave and and i think that's the beauty of sports right um where everything is is every fan is going to react differently and obviously as a fan you have a freedom to uh think about a team how you like and 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 take a win or a loss how you wish to perceive them um as a fan that has now experienced a championship, I think that um, the emotions of a regular season, while you can still enjoy your wins, I don't get as down on my losses. And I think that um, with that, and, and I don't want to sound like cocky about it, but with that ring, with that chip, comes a newfound perspective of, wow, yeah, like this Lakers win, that was a great win. The win against the Mavs, that was a great win. But... I'm I'm not going to sit there and talk about it for two weeks. Right. Right. Like, I'm not mm -hmm. going to sit there and go online uh, against trolls. Big. Well, we beat the Lakers two weeks ago because like we're the best. And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, I don't need to go on that. Right. I, I but in the same breath, I can still feel upset about my team losing, especially if it's in an ugly fashion. But I'm not going to talk about that for two weeks. I'm not going to sit there and say, well, you know, if if the Raptors hadn't lost to the Knicks two weeks ago, we'd be in a better position. So um, that's sort of my line. But I love the the beauty of sport is that you can make your own line and uh, you can have your own sort of uh, it, it, you can have your own range. You can be very narrow in terms of your emotions or you can have an absolutely wide range. But I think that with winning a championship, it has helped Raptors fans in particular narrow in the emotions a bit for a regular season then when playoff time comes it's a whole new ball game and you can just blow the barriers off but um when, when every game really matters microscopically but to this it's like like i said you can lose a game badly but at the end of the day it's just one loss you can you can you can win a game you can win a game by one or you can win a game by 40 but it's one win so yeah. when you think about it from those perspectives, when you're looking at the record at the end of the year, how often do you remember, well, 
we had three or four losses by two points and four losses by 25 where we got blown out. But we had 10 wins by five points. Right. So it's it's you, you don't think about that at the end of the day. So that really helps me in terms of narrowing the emotion. But at the end of the day, you can have your own range. You can have your own boundary. Yes. Yeah. I think, I, it, I think it also stems from like, you know, kind of like you said, with the with being a championship team and being mm-hmm. the fan base of a championship team. It also comes back to like, you know, when we're down by 16 and there's six minutes left, we're not we're not scared. Right. right. We could totally come right. back from this. And I think that's mm-hmm. all comes back to mentality and understanding that this is a different team. And you're right. That's the that's the thing about sports. Like you can kind of make your own narrative. Like a lot of people would be down the fact that we're down by 16 with six minutes left. But for us, we're just like we've seen this team. We've watched this team go through, uh, you know, uh, down O2 in the playoffs or we've seen this. Uh, we've we've been swept by LeBron. Like we've we've seen it all at this point, right? And now now it's time like to relish the fact that we're a championship team, and no matter what, no one can take that away from us anymore. I think that's where it comes from. I used to be worried when the Raptors were up by like single digits with like four minutes left in the game. Yep. I'd be like, oh fuck, oh hundred <laughs> percent, yeah, hundred percent, yeah. Oh, here we go. I'm due for heartbreak again, right? Not, I'm not feeling that anymore. Yeah, not with this regime. I think there is, uh, I think you guys touched on it perfectly, right? I think there's a level now of having that championship accomplishment under our belt, at least for me. Like, I, I guess I can only speak for myself, whereas, like, I'm not necessarily getting down on losses anymore. I'm just kind of like, uh, yeah, like, I, I have to remind myself practice games. But I approach the regular season more as it's entertaining. Like, it's, these are fun games to watch. And, of course, I'm going to relish in victories like this one or the or the Dallas game those are the definitely the two games that we're referencing the most um I'm going to to pick apart and extrapolate positives from that because there are positives to take away from that especially when you know with the Dallas game when you talk about Kyle Lowry's performance like that is a big deal to Raptors fans however Mm -hmm. if you remember after that Dallas game Kyle Lowry even said this isn't about me this is about my teammates it's just another game we got another win on to the next one like, that to me is poise. That to me is championship mentality. And I think as a fan base, that's sort of what we have to remind ourselves about, you know, after every victory is that, like, let's not let this go to our head. Yes, we're defending champions, but all that matters is the playoffs. And I think that that is definitely part of the Toronto Raptors fan base identity is that constant, never-ending prove-it factor. We have to defend our team. We have to defend our colors. We have to defend our jersey. We have to defend our logo. We have to defend our fan base as, you know, this this top tier organization that doesn't get enough credit because without that, honestly, like think about it, without that, what are we? Like, what is our fan base about? If if we were just treated as just another normal NBA team, middle of the pack, like, hey, congratulations on winning, that seems like so counter Toronto Raptors to me. Like, we need that sort of sense of pushback. We need that sort of sense of of hate towards us because I think that's part of the we, the North identity. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Well, that's what you you kind of talked uh, or spoke upon last time we had this watch party, right? When I asked you, you know, what it is it like to be outside of perspective to mm. be a Raptors fan, and yeah. when Kawhi left, so y- it's kind of in you, right? And it's and I I feel it too. I understand when uh, you kind of have to be that 
proven state because we've done it for the last 25 years. Yes. And then finally to be a rap, to be a championship or to be a championship caliber team, it's like, it's, we've never really been here before. How do you deal with it? And and I don't think, I'm pretty sure that's every team that has gone through a championship run. Like no one really understands what to do. And for us, we're, we've been prudent to even Connor, even Connor said it, like when we were down, when we we're up by one, uh, we 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 start thinking that oh the, the sky is gonna fall on us, but that's because it's kind of ingrained in our head, yeah. right? So so and and I'm not saying that you know um, it's a good place to be, but it's also it's kind of fun rooting for the underdog, and we've always been the underdog for so long with the Demar led team, even with the Chris Bosh led team, Vince Carter led team. It's always been like the other team is going to win over this Raptors team, right? And I was okay because whenever we beat a said Lakers team or Clippers team or an, any team that had uh, a better percentage uh, for them to win, when we beat them, it's just that much sweeter. Being like a, a I, I don't I don't want to shit on your team at or at or or where you're from. Being the Boston, the Celtics team, Ooh. being the Lakers team, the Clippers team. That, How you know, think dare that you're gonna you associate me with that? <laughs> <laughs> just say geography wise. Just say yeah, geography he's, offend- wise. he's mad offended right now. I know. I'm already being blocked. As it's so good. Right yeah, honestly, you're not coming back to the next watch. <laughs> not not yeah. even close. Uh, There's an open spot, fans. There's an open spot. Yeah. Well, good. I'm just saying, like, it's it's not something they're used to, right? They don't understand what it's like to be an underdog, but we are. And I think that we're all kind of comfortable with that. Uh, just for reference points, where are you guys in this game? Just want to make sure we're, we're still all synced Jack up. is interviewing our Swedish uh, or Norwegian or assistant coach. Okay, good. All right, we're there. So you guys are at the start of the quarter? Uh, uh, still still talking to Nate. He's Nate, Nate Bjorkin. Bjork, right. Is that okay? Is 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 that Swedish or Norwegian or Icelandish or I don't know his nationality. I can't remember it. Bro, you're talking to a Chinese guy. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look it up, bro, because like I'm curious now. He's got the best that. picture uh of the shot because he's the only one with his hands on his hips and is like, This one's going in. Like he has the most <laughs> confident look on his face. If you guys want to look it up, like look up the shot and look at the, the side bench. You see everyone waiting, you know, with their with bated breath. But you have Nate just like, yep, it's going in. This is happening. Nate Nate Yorkren is an American basketball coach, born in Iowa. What a what a down what a, what a disappointing. Like I'm sorry, I love the Americans. What a disappointing end to that narrative. I totally thought he was not going to be American. Sounds about right. Nah, that yeah. sounds right. Um, yeah. You know, so playing off of what we were just talking about, in your opinion, if there ever is to be some sort of respect granted towards the Raptors, what do they have to do? Is it that they have to be a fully healthy championship caliber team in the finals to get the recognition that they deserve? Or is it, it's just never going to happen, guys? Let's just, let's just swallow it and keep it's moving not, on. It's not gonna, it's, it's I, not I, I don't, going to. I don't think, yeah, I, I don't think it can ever happen. I don't think it ever happened. Like this team, this team could go into the playoffs without Kyle Lowry, let's say, for instance, win a title, and the narrative would be, well, Kyle Lowry's a playoff choker, so your team was actually better off without Kyle Lowry. Right. Like, it would be it would be spun away, yeah. but we all know that that's totally incorrect. So they were, there would be this mindset of, like, even if it was Pascal Siakam's out and someone else steps up and they, they win the title or something like that without Pascal Siakam in a hypothetical world, someone would come with a narrative and say, well, 
um, OG Ananobi turned out to be Kawhi Leonard. And you guys got lucky because you guys uh, put this guy on this guy, and he had an off series, and then this happened. And this, if this guy was in this game, they would have won that game six. Would have went to a game seven, right. and then you guys would have lost. It's just there. There's always a spin on something, and it's it'll always be that way. I used to fight it all the time, tooth and nail. And now I just don't care because I've accepted it, and I just know that my team is a champion, and that can never be taken away from me. And the haters can go fly a kite because I really don't care. It's done. We're champions. <laughs> yeah. And and nor do I think that it will happen, I guess, in maybe, you know, maybe in our lifetime. But like think of the teams that have uh, the history, like the Lakers and the Boston Celtics. I don't think there's going to be teams like that anymore just because of how players move to teams, you know, left, right and center every three years. There's not going to be like a team that wins three straight, five straight or or that the history that these teams have anymore. So. It's not going to honestly, at least in my lifetime, I don't think it's going to happen until the Raptors win like 10 championships in a row, which I don't think, you know, happens anymore anyways. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I don't think it will happen. The closest thing to that is the Warriors of, you know, Mm -hmm. the current generation. That's it. But again, I don't think you're going to see necessarily something like that happen again. But I don't know. I, I do like to think. And again, you guys know where I stand on the whole Giannis thing. I, you know, given the fact that if there's a season next next year or whatever, um, and he finishes out his contract and then he becomes a free agent. I, I don't know how they're going to finesse all that. But regardless, if there is a scenario in which he does become a Toronto Raptor, I do think then the narrative will slightly change. And just him as an addition alone, I think will give the team a little bit more credence and justification for being a championship caliber team than not. Like if Giannis joins the team, like, remember when Kawhi was traded here, they were still like, eh, I don't know, I still like the Celtics in a way. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like everyone yeah, loved but the Kawhi, Celtics. Kawhi had played, what, two games before? Like I 10 think it was games nine or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, was, it was like 10, 10 or 9 or 10 or 8 or whatever amount of games. Single digits. Right. High school. So that, that's that's a difference, right? The, the narrative was, A, will he report? Stupid. Yeah. And B, uh... Will he be that Kawhi Leonard that we saw, or will those injuries really take a toll on who he is as a player? And there was that shade of doubt, right? Sorry to interrupt mm-hmm. you, but I think that's sort of a different perspective now, whereas we've seen this guy would have back-to-back, potentially back-to-back-to-back MVP seasons, because I think that he could be MVP again next year. I just don't. I just think he's that good. Right, so, and I think that would change the narrative in favor of the Raptors. Mm-hmm. If he were to join, unless like there's a situation, and this is not out of the realm of possibility, that like uh, you know, KD comes back to full health and just tears it up, or LeBron somehow finds his way back to the Eastern Conference, or Kawhi finds his way back to the Eastern Conference. There are these scenarios that you can think of that might level the playing field a little bit in terms of the narrative that will dissuade people from, uh, I guess, in endorsing the Toronto Raptors for a championship run. But with a guy like Giannis, I just I feel like that's a that's a hill that people probably won't be willing to die on. In 2021, the Brooklyn Nets will beat the Bucks in the playoffs. Giannis Ooh. will be very upset and he will become a free agent. He'll become a Toronto Raptor and the Raptors will dominate for the next four years. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> that's simple. You heard it here first. Yeah. You heard it here. Yeah. Connor, I'm going to separately ask you about my future, bro. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you a free reading. Okay, nice. But, <laughs> no, but but Adam, to to your point, I feel like the narrative of or, or this, you know, 
narrative that has already been changed, I guess, by saying that someone like uh, Giannis or Kawhi or any superstar to come to Toronto, that the narrative is going to change. Doesn't that mean already that this team, this the narrative out of the Raptors has changed already? Because let's say that, you know, last year didn't happen, right? And then you put such and such on that team. Everyone's going to still be like, okay, but this Raptors team is still going to flame out in the playoffs, right? Because that because we won last year, you put anybody in any good player or or you know five star player or something on our team, and we're going to be a uh, probably championship tier team. That already changed the narrative in my eyes, don't you think? Right. Yeah, and I think that would change the narrative for anybody, any team. Really, if you put a, a championship caliber or like an MVP caliber well, player, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, because if you put you know Giannis on Atlanta, I, I don't know, I'd, I'd probably still put my uh, the Raptors over. Uh, I would, Atlanta. I or, would take, I would take the Hawks mm, in that. Yeah, I think really? so. I would I'm take, I would take the Hawks over the Raptors. I think that Giannis on the Hawks would be an unbelievable fit, but I don't think it's going to happen. But I, I think that that would be an amazing fit. Maybe if you put them okay. on the Knicks, I, like it'd be like, ah, I'll, I can't go. There. Yeah, or like, or like the Hornets or something like that. Like they're they're. Oh, teams I can that I can see put... it. I can see it with the Hornets too. I really can. really. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like Terry, I Rozier's not that bad, and like maybe he can like do something. I'm just like spitballing here. Like it's not like the Hornets are totally scrubs. Like Terry Rozier is an okay player. Whereas, like, I don't know, the Knicks have no one. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. Like, okay, so if you look, if you look at the Hawks, it would be hypothetically Trey Young, Kevin Herter, Giannis Antetokounmpo, John Collins, Clint Capella. That's a good lineup. That's a really good lineup. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. a real. That's 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 a championship lineup. Maybe if you put them on like Sacramento or something, it'd be like, nah, dude, I'm not buying. <laughs> hey, yo, Sa- yo, honestly though, Sacramento's been grinding. Like low, low key, they've been grinding. Yeah, De'Aaron but, Fox is pretty good. Yeah, I like, I like Swipe a Fox. Yeah, but, um, I, I've always liked him coming out of college. I liked him too, but um, I love that know. last last play where LeBron's like, don't don't lie to me, Pascal. Don't, don't you lie to me, Pascal. <laughs> It's amazing, <laughs> but it shows how like they're cool with it, and they all start laughing. It's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah. I feel like the NBA is the only sport that you'll get this kind of like shit, like quote unquote shit talking. Right? Yes, yeah. If you if you put this in the NHL, fists would be flying already, right? Or you know, you love it. I don't, I don't really play soccer, so I, I only see what I see. But like you, you touch a soccer player, and they're going to be crying. There, LeBron and Pascal right? would have fallen on the floor if it was. Soccer. Yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> Yellow cards would be flying everywhere. But like, there's only one league that does this right now, man. It's 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 incredible. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, lending off of this, all we're talking about, and you know, not thinking that there's really much of anything that the Raptors can do to gain the respect of the media or you know, other fan bases, not that we necessarily need it. Like I, I'm talking about, obviously I spoke of the identity. I spoke of how that's part of the Toronto Raptors fabric. And that's what makes us Toronto Raptors fans. Um, we still have like a lot of players that we call our own. And we have a lot of homegrown talent that we like to, to support and emphasize when people don't want to give them credit. And one of them is Fred Van Vliet. And, you know, if you're looking at the line in this game, with the absence of Kyle Lowry, he stepped up pretty big 
uh-huh. this game. Uh, finished with 23 points, 10 dimes, 7 boards, shooting 44% from both the field and from deep at about 38 and a half minutes of play. This was supposed to be a contract year for him, and like any player, mm-hmm. I'm sure he's kind of disappointed that you know this season might not finish, so he can't really close it out to prove that he's worth a big payday in the playoff. So, Jason, chop it up. What are you thinking mm-hmm. is in the cards for Fred Van Vliet this offseason, assuming a season happens next year? Like, assuming, the, assuming there's a 2021 season, what yeah. do you think he's in store for for a contract? I know that I'm going to shout out my co-host, Jay. He's the one who knows about the numbers and everything like that. He said that, and I agree with him, the the I guess the the or the money is going to go down like the the was it the contract uh basically what the cap yeah the cap space yeah what the I'm pretty sure the catcher is going to go way down after this year and oh this is (laughs) this is when they they finally won he won his first challenge challenge. yep yeah yeah and he's so hard he's so happy Oh my god. Oh, that's a coach girl. of the year. Coach of the year. Yeah, 100%. And now he's like what, the top coach that has won almost all of or not all of it, but the percentage-wise of coaches challenges. I'd love yeah. to know the percentage. I feel like it would be very low for every coach. They do, they rarely Oh yeah. That. Yeah, 100%. Um sorry. Okay, yeah. For for Fred, uh I think that he's still going to get paid. I think he's valuable, so valuable to this team. Um, but I am afraid that the Raptors probably won't be able to match what another team is going to match him. And it now it all kind of depends on what he wants to do. Does and I'm not going to fault him for it. Let's say I don't know who. Which again, I wish you know Jay has knows the numbers more. But let's say Pistons Charlotte. Be, uh, yeah. Pistons okay. The Pistons. Be, uh, yeah. Let's say the Pistons give him well, twenty five million dollars a year for three years. I don't know if we can afford that. And I don't know if if Masai would pay, or Bobby would pay that. Would he get twenty for from us? Sure, but again, it all depends on where 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 does he want to play? Does he want to play in a high caliber team, or does he want to get that money? I ain't gonna blame him for him getting that bag. I really am not. But I wish and I hope that we're going to cash out that type of money for him because he is that valuable for sure. What do you think, Connor? Um. Now, here's how I've always viewed this. Um, off the top of your head, do you know what Malcolm Brogdon con? Uh, do you know what Malcolm Brogdon's contract is off the top of your head? Was it twenty? It was four eighty. Yeah, so, so it's twenty a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Malcolm Brogdon is better than Fred Van Vliet. I disagree. I I strongly I strongly believe that. Okay. Him and him and Fred have very similar offensive games. I love Fred. Him and Fred have very similar offensive games. They can both run the point, but who's better on defense? I don't know, man. Fred Van Vliet for a, mm. a while was leading in steals. He's Fred. Fred is he's Fred leader is, in deflections, no? Yeah, he's very scrappy. I would I would take Malcolm in my in my def, in my defensive metric. I, Put I Malcolm believe, in this team right now. Do you yeah. think that we would be better or worse? I think we'd be. The, I think Fred. we'd be this. I think we'd be the same because I think that the I I think I think on this team. I think that they would be the same. I agree. I don't that. think that yeah. one would be more than another. You can disagree. That's fine. But I think that Malcolm no, I agree. is a better player. I agree. Yeah. We'd be the same. I think. I think we'd be the same. Um, I don't think that. And, and look, I get it. If it's if it's another, if it's an extra year from what Malcolm might sign his contract to, you would think maybe like an extra million or something more. But I think that that's sort of the benchmark 
that the Raptors and Fred both need to look at. And that's the, that's the player comparable. If I was an arbitrator, let's say like, you know, sometimes, you know, when, when players are RFAs and, in in hockey or whatever that a lot of times they'll go to arbitrators and right. the arbitrators sit down and they take a look at the the most likely player comparable and in this case to me i think it's malcolm brogdon um like i said i think that they're very similar um i just think that malcolm brogdon is a little bit of a better player um it, when they look at the contract that is signed and deemed to be fair market value I think that an arbitrator, if 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 the Raptors came to them and said, we are prepared to offer Mr. Van Vliet four years, $80 million, but Mr. Van Vliet would like four years, $100 million, and they have to choose a number, I think that the arbitrator would side more to the $20 million. I just think that that's his fair market value. If a team chooses to overpay him like the, the, the Detroit Pistons and they want to go $25 million a year, take him because I don't think he's worth it. Oof. Um I mm. would I would love to see Fred, but if you pay a nickel over twenty million dollars, an overpay. Oh, Jason, interesting. I'm, I, I'm with you, bro. I, I I I'm sorry, Connor. I can't get there. That's I can't. fine. That's I, fine. I, I just I'm thinking also of the future too. I'm thinking of the future. There's there's more. Uh, I I just think that there's more attractive assets that could. You have to also make space for future stuff too. You're gonna have to think about. Um, I I know Pascal's locked up, but you're gonna have to think of OG. You're going to have to think of Terrence Davis. Uh, you're going to have to think of another star to come on this team. If he signs for more than $20 million, that's going to be very difficult. Yeah, you want to want to let one of those guys go? Terrence Davis has got a while, and he's still on the cheap. He's got a while before we have to worry he's about only that. Got, he's, got, he's got a two-year contract, so he's one more year after this. Yeah, I think that you'll be able to sign him on the cheap, and I kind of would rather keep Fred... Than and then Terrence at this point. I don't even know that that's well, a debate. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So like, I don't know why I'm. I would, I, I'm not. I'm not, not going to disagree with that. But at, at what? At what cost? Right? Yeah. I. I just. So. Serge is going to be off the books. Gasol is going to be off the books. Um, the only really people that you're paying a hefty sum for at that point is is Kyle. I still. I don't put Norm at a hefty sum. I think it's only eleven million dollars. So Kyle and Pascal. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and and if you do re-sign Fred Van Vliet for a significant amount of money, say three at seventy-five, um, I know this is going to break a lot of hearts, but you could still kind of trade Kyle Lowry at that point. Like, if you're looking long term, like I'd rather have Fred Van Vliet long term than Kyle Lowry. I don't necessarily yeah, yeah. think that's Kyle, the debate. Kyle Lowry's money next year doesn't really matter, though. Right. Like I'm I'm not thinking about next year. Next year doesn't really matter to me. It's I mean, the it year will, after. but it will because Fred Van Vliet's a free agent after this season. I understand that. What I'm saying is um, I'm not worried about the cap situation this year. If it was like mm. a one year deal, I'd be like, give the guy 30 million if you want it. Right. But mm-hmm. now we're looking into multiple years and obviously he's not going to sign a one year deal. But you got to now think of 2021 and beyond. And as much as class. as much as we're not as much as we're saying that the more likely outcome of like a Giannis is that he's going to stay with the Bucks, you you have to with this team as constructed as we believe they are like a they are a Pascal Siakam type player or superstar away from a championship. Yeah, you have to accommodate for it. You have to plan whether well, it's Giannis or Kawhi or someone else. If it's, I can throw him in there, potentially. 
if it's who? Kawhi? Yeah, maybe. No, no, I can't. <laughs> I think, I think, I think, I think he leaves. I think he leaves the Clippers when he's done. Bro, I never took an X okay. back. Okay, I've never taken an X back. I'm not doing it now. Um, I would. Yeah, okay. I would. you were gonna take Vince back. <laughs> No, as, well, I mean, like, as a novelty circus act. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, there you go. But still, uh, anyways, there's my there's my rant on that. That's I feel you. Take. I feel you. I I think that the market that's going to be open for Fred VanVleet is going to be limited to obviously Detroit because you know they vocalized it. You could say New York. I think there was rumors that New York would like chase after him. Uh, I mean, if if he's going to take a lot of money to go to New York, see ya, bro. You're going to have a terrible time, and it's like the wasteland mm-hmm. of the NBA. Yeah. Um, you could argue, I think there's, like, situation, depending on, you know, the fit, Chicago, because that's where he's from, but it de- it depends on how much they believe in Kobe White um, to be, like, that kind of player moving forward. I like Kobe White. I do, but if you could have, like, a, a Fred Van Vliet there to sort of mentor him because i think he's sure. established himself as that it, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world right sure um yeah. and again yeah. like the hometown ties it, it might make sense but uh, the the three the three things that those organizations have in common is that they're losing organizations so it depends right. on what that's, he that's wants. what i was trying to get at like yeah. where does he want to play at like yeah it, t- it sure depends on the money factor for sure but i mean five like okay for us one million dollars is ridiculous but five million dollars out of the 20 to 25 million to play at a high caliber team that's a big difference right. i think right would you rather play with Dwayne casey led detroit would you rather play with kobe white led chicago or would you rather play for the Toronto Raptors that you are familiar with that gave you that chance to be in that position that you you're in? I know that there's no, you know, um, you everyone has to kind of look out for themselves for sure. I, I get that, but I mean, then for future reference, like what that you this team has proven to you over and over again that they know how to structure a team no matter if it's with a superstar or without a superstar and i think that fred is looking at that too despite of the you know either five or 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 more or less uh, millions of dollars that and the if coaching was, situation too sorry, sorry adam no go sorry. ahead go ahead I, no, didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you go ahead no i was gonna say the coaching situation like we're assuming that he wants to play with Dwayne casey like what i know the money's important but you're gonna go from Nick Nurse back to Dwayne Casey? No, can't. I can't. I couldn't do that. Yeah, Connor. I don't know. I, I like. I don't know. I just. I if I was a player, so if I was Fred, and I went undrafted. If I'm Terrence Davis and I went undrafted, and the Raptors found a way to get me, and they valued me out of all the NBA teams, me as a person would value that a lot more. Like I like that. That wouldn't be pushed to the side. Everyone's different. And I'm not saying that Fred and Terrence are going to think this way, but if that were me, that's how I would think. And I'd be right. like, they, they were the, they were the first, or maybe they weren't the first, but they were the organization that really believed in me and offered me something that they offered me a chance. And they knew that I could be something in this league and they gave me that opportunity. Um, me personally, of course, depending on, circumstances Oof, and offers what sorry. a shot eh? mm, what a Jesus. shot i know i just i saw that terrence davis back. Oh no fear God. guys a guy's just a lethal weapon no um, kids that's what school does for you Stay yeah for honestly years. old old miss baby represent <laughs> terrence davis let's go um look like i just would value that more but again that's me and I'm, i can't speak for fred and i can't speak for td2 but or TV three as as uh, 
Drake likes to call him. Right. But um, I, I, I would, I would value that more. So if the, if the offers were, let's say four ninety ninety five, a hundred even from Detroit, four eighty from Toronto. I just I, I think that given everything circumstantially, I don't know how I could turn that down because I think that I would make mo- as much or more in other revenues like um, advertising sponsorship, you know, deals like that in Toronto than I would in Detroit. I also got to take that into account, too. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like his brand is already well established in mm-hmm. Toronto. And one, baby. Yep. And... <laughs> You know, uh, at the same time, I look at, you know, I'm a dad. So, you know, if I, I if I had another child and someone was like, yo, 100 mil or close to it. it also living situation like I don't want to live in Detroit. No offense, no. Detroit. I don't want to live in Detroit. No. <laughs> I wouldn't no. mind living in Chicago, but I kind of don't want to live in Chicago either. It's like Toronto has it all. Really, it does. And I'm not even from there or live there. They have it all. So like a living situation. This is a great place from my understanding, to raise children. Um, I, I don't I don't know. I, I just think that Masai is so flexible and so fluid with situations that he just always finds a way. So even if he does sign, like, a, a pretty lucrative deal, something tells me that I'm just like, he'll figure it out. <laughs> like, he'll figure it out for 2021. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to worry. Like, something will happen, and he always finds a way to figure it out. And, you know, obviously, assuming he doesn't go to the Knicks, this being Masai, which I don't think he's going to. But, yeah, I I just think that worrying about the future, I kind of want to just deal with the bird in hand. Like we always say, that's a future me problem. Just, I don't know. I get what you're saying, though. Outside of Lowry, is this uh, going to be Masai's team? Like after Lowry is gone, and, and I don't think that he wants Lowry exactly gone but i mean this would be the complete slate of having a maasai led team right i think yeah i mean he traded for lowry right so oh that's fair um i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna share some inside info that i heard years ago from a very high-ranking mlse executive that i held on to for a while um this was during the time of Corey Joe. Okay. And um, the plan was that Masai was going to trade Lowry and hand over the keys to Corey Joe. Thank God that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the relationship with Masai and Kyle was never really solidified until that last year or two. The championship, like he tried, yeah. he tried to trade him to the Knicks. It failed. He was going to give the keys to Corey Joe. I don't think he necessarily believed in Lowry. And it wouldn't surprise me if he wanted to move off of Lowry at some point, whether his contract expires and he just lets him go as a free agent or whether he decides to trade him. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me, but I think it would be a lot harder for him to do that than it would have in the past. But I, I think I think that he's always envisioned Lowry as having a shorter lifespan than than a shorter shelf life than what he's had for this team. I think that that was always his vision of like, maybe he's got another year or two or three and we could try to sell him high. Um, I just think, I think it's great that he's that, that, that obviously didn't either situation didn't come to fruition, but 
I know for a fact that was the plan. Um, mm. And I'm glad that it didn't happen that way. But I could totally see him saying, you know what, Fred, we'll give you 22 and a half and we'll move off of Kyle to make this work. Or Kyle, you got a sign team friendly deal or we can't take you back. See, that's I think that just want to go off to be honest or something like that. Yeah. See, I think that's the direction they're going to go in. And they're like, you know, we, we like to sing Kyle Lowry's praise for good reason. And I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But let's best not forget. Raptor. Yeah. Best right. Greatest Raptor of all time. Okay? Yeah. Easily. And, mm-hmm. you know, Peter K likes to bring this up a lot. And he's not wrong. The whole Kyle Lowry holding out for a contract is not talked about enough. It's mm. not referenced enough. And he held out. He was threatening not to play in the beginning yeah. of this season. Mm-hmm. You know, like, are we confident he's not going to do that again? Like, mm-hmm. I can't say for sure that he won't. And if he does hold out, it's kind of like I'm at the point. Like, thank you. Thank you. Like, not as, you know, cutthroat as DeMar. But it's kind of like, yo, bro, thank you for everything, but go kick rocks, bro. I'm not dealing with this right now. Fred, you got mm-hmm. the keys. Right. Mm-hmm. I, how much? Okay. I, I'm not saying that it's a, it's a lie, but do you think that's a little overblown? No. That story? You don't think so? You no. think that it was complete, like, facts that he was going to hold off if he didn't get paid? Yes. Wow. I've, I, have, I have no doubt he would have. Very stubborn. Yes. <laughs> he, yeah. Saying that's saying very that, Kyle Lowry. I, yeah. It's it's very Lowry. I don't that's, know if he that's would. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, I uh, obviously like I'm not I'm not blind to the fact that Lowry maybe has only a, a year or two left on this team of this type of level before he decreases, before mm-hmm. he declines. Mm-hmm. But saying that, I've I've said that and he seems to like to be a fine wine. He just gets better with age. Um, he's he he plays both ends of the floor incredibly well. Um, I, I love him. He's one of the true point guards still left in the league. You know, we talk about point guards. We talk about Chris Paul. Talk about Kyle Lowry. Um, you know, there's there's a there's there's a lot of offensive point guards where you look at you know guys like Trey Young, Fred VanVleet, stuff like that. Um, and that's sort of more the direction of point guard. But there is a lot of things that Kyle Lowry has taught Fred Van Vliet. I'm confident in Fred Van Vliet of running this team in the future. I don't have an issue with that. I don't I, I don't think that that's a bad direction to go in. But you have to also then think, OK, him and him and Pascal uh, you're going to have to probably, if, if you're going to make those two sort of your focal points, right, in terms of strictly on value of contract, and have those two as your focal point, you're probably going to need a third, mm-hmm. right? What do you do? Does OG want 20 plus million when his contract comes up? What's he going to be worth when everything's said and done? Um, you know, these, these are things you're going to have to think about and then think, okay, who do we want our, our you know, everyone thinks of a big three. Who do you want your big three to be? It's it's going to be Siakam by default. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it going to be Fred Van Vliet and an outside player? Is it going to be Fred Van Vliet and OG and you keep it internal and just build that way? Uh, how do you want this to go? And that's sort of now the questions that the Raptors face as they move forward. How much confidence do you guys have in uh, Terrence Davis? I'm just curious. A lot. A lot. Do you? Okay. Because... 
the last couple of and and this this game itself, he had a great game off the bench. But I I feel like and, and I understand he's a rookie, and I also understand that he you know he's four years uh, in college, so he's not really that you know traditional rookie. But the last couple of games that he was he was playing uh, before the postponement of the NBA season, he wasn't playing very well. Do you think it was like just a rookie wall, or do you think it was just like some kind of confidence that they that or he didn't have enough playing time? What do you think it was, Patrick McCaw? Uh, Mm-hmm. I knew, I knew it. That's why I, <laughs> I knew you were gonna say it. That's why I was like, Adam, go for it. That's why. Uh, yeah. Really, wow. Patrick McCaw is the biggest detriment to to Terrence Davis. Him and Nick yeah. Nurse, to be completely honest. Well, Nick Nurse is love for McCaw, but Nick yeah. Nick fuels Patrick McCaw. Yes. That's why I put them two. To, that's why I put the two together. Patrick McCaw is not out there giving himself these minutes. It's Nick Nurse. That's uh, yeah, I guess that's true. But I mean, like, even with the time that he's been playing, I feel like Terrence Davis is one of those players that needs to be out there and make mistakes. Like he needs to jack up a couple of threes and then and then realize that, oh, I should probably should drive into the lane. But lately he's been, you know, jacking up two or three threes, hitting bricks and then getting off going going to the bench. And I guess it's true. You see like Patrick McGall taking minutes. Um, but I, I feel like Dave, Davis has to be one of those players that has to play through it. Like you have gonna, to play through it. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you why he does that. And he does that. But what a pass by Terrence Davis there, actually, right. to be honest. But, um, the, the reason why he does that is because he's been getting what? Six minutes a game now when McCaw gets fucking 40. Mm. So he's sitting there and he's going, I need to hit a shot. And if he hits a shot, the rest of like I've noticed with Terrence Davis, if he hits a shot, if he gets a shot going, the rest of his game follows because he gains confidence. Right. So he's out there putting that pressure on himself because he's like, well, shit, I got to hit a shot or I'm going to be sitting on the bench for the rest of the game. So I'm only getting five minutes. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that's sort of my perspective on that. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, that's that's my point, right? Like he has to play plus 10 minutes in order to get himself going. And once he can't have that short of a leash and then yeah, you're right like someone like patch mccall has like a like a 90 foot leash and whatever he does it, it's okay um but i i just i just hope that you know terrence davis gets more playing time Dude, what a move by siakam oh my god <laughs> yeah cook it up freddie that's right oh my god bro what a move hey you bet you people better you that are listening to this better be watching this otherwise you're gonna be like what this guy's a yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll follow along. Watch this. Skirt. See you later, Kuzma. Oof. On you, Howard. Peace. Cut your hair. Kuzma can't guard Siakam. Let's be that, real. I, I bet you after this game, that's what that's what triggered Kuzma to go blonde. Guy had enough. <laughs> <laughs> he stopped. <laughs> he went all Kardashian on this and went blonde. It's um yeah, I, I just I think that with Patrick McCaw, like it's been well documented how frustrated we we are with his playing time and whatnot. And with Terrence Davis, like I think you're right that he needs those opportunities to learn from his mistakes. The problem is he's not getting those minutes to learn from those opportunities. It's like he'll then make. Why not mistake. play in the G League then? Then why not play for the nine five? Oh my god! Thank you, thank you. Right? I've been like, I've if, been preaching this on this show. For months, I said, if you're not going to play him, put him in the G League. Get Give him minutes. If he clearly needs to have play time and 
and the confidence that he gets when you see the ball going in the who, he will tear a new R's hole in the 905. Like it will be incredible to watch. But he, I don't know. Maybe it's it's good for him to learn from from Freddie and Pascal. Maybe it's more that you need bodies, and you think about the the amount of times that the Raptors Ooh, there's that block. Down. Yes, mm-hmm. you you see like the Raptors down due to injuries, like players not being available, you need guards on this team to fill right. it up. Um, yeah, obviously Stanley Johnson is improving his weight in salt. Um, so <laughs> like he's not going to be utilized. So you obviously want to use someone a little bit better. Um, so with all the injuries, you're going to inevitably just call up Terrence Davis anyway. Mm-hmm. So just have him on so, there. You know? So if you think that we had a completely healthy roster, do you think Terrence Davis would have playing time or that he would be forced to play in the 905 if it was completely healthy? He would still get playing time, I think. Uh, would he? You think so? Yeah. Substantial, though? Maybe 10 minutes max? 10, 10, 10 minutes. The way, the way that I've seen Nurse do it, it's like 10 minutes. Here's my, here's my deal, and I, I take this back to the playoff rotation equation that we've had with a fully healthy team right we say in no particular order we say your top seven is um lowry van vliet uh norman powell og ananobi siakam gasol abaka yes there's your seven right locked in your top seven no debate um when you're running playoff rotation minutes it's usually eight the ninth guy will get spot minutes. For me, Terrence Davis is the eighth guy. Yes. But for Nurse, mm. it's McCaw. He said it. He yeah. said it. He came out and said there's no debate on this unless his mind changes and comes back to reality in the next month or two or whenever, or the, the, the month before they go into the playoffs, whenever that may be, or if it is to happen. You know... I would put, I would have Davis, Boucher, maybe even Rondé Hollis-Jefferson over Patrick McCaw. Depending on I like, would have Rondé yeah. Hollis-Jefferson over Patrick McCaw. Yes. Defensively, mm-hmm. I would. I would too. Defensively, yeah, yeah. right? So that leaves McCaw out of my top 10. This guy's telling me he's going to be in the top eight. Bro, what are you smoking? I know marijuana is legal here now, but like, what the hell is wrong with you? You can't be serious and tell me Patrick McCaw is going to get substantial minutes in the playoffs when the guy's a walking brick. He can't hit a shot. Dudes drive by him. Defensive metrics don't lie. Net rating doesn't lie. Bro, oh my God, man. Oh my God. I. I haven't gone a minute without a ter- without a uh, Patrick McCall rant. Here you can count on Connor going on a rant every time. It's either the Knicks or it's Patrick McCall. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the two. Don't get me. No, don't even bring up the Knicks because that'll be your rant number two. God. Oh my they're, god, they're a match made in heaven right there. Uh, yeah, just trade oh, McCall to, to the, the Knicks. Knicks yeah. Trade McCall to the, release him and have the Knicks. I don't even trade him. It's not worth it. It's not worth a paper transaction. Let him go. He's- um, yeah, I, I just that's what bothers me. It's been well documented that you know we've said this numerous times. The whole like, yo, you want to talk about how Terrence Davis played five minutes too long when he played eight minutes, but you know Patrick McCaw is a top eight player on a fully healthy Raptor squad. Like I trust Nick Nurse's judgment way more than that, and that is not like necessarily the most Nurse thing to say. It just to me that sounds like he's just 
trying to stir the pot a little bit because he sees the hate that Patrick McCaw gets and he's trying to, you know, sort of amplify or bring about his confidence. Whereas, like, you want to talk confidence, you'll shit on every other player. Literally every other player when they have a bad game. Remember that time, like, it was recently that Boucher had a bad game and he made sure to outline that? Sure, he said, like, the bench, but he highlighted Chris Boucher. Yeah. You know, but, like... And when he highlighted Terrence Davis having a bad game, yes, he gave him a start the very next day. But there has been irrefutable evidence, and you know, the eye test even lends credence towards the fact that McCaw has had some shitty games, and Nick mm. Nurse will not vocalize that. And it's like he's coddling Patrick McCaw for some reason. I don't get it. Gotta respect the three-time champ, bro. He never loves. Get out of there. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sounding like ri- I'm sounding like rich right now. I gotta yeah. get out of here with this shit. All right, excuse myself. I just oh, don't man. get it. I don't get it. But let's uh let's shift gears because I'm I'm done. This is just making me mad. Let's talk <laughs> yeah, about me too. Let's talk about again. Pascal Siakam. Um, again, just like Fred VanVleet, he stepped up pretty big in this game. We saw that block a little earlier that you guys referenced. 24 points, 11 boards, 4 dimes, shooting an even 36% from the field at around 42 minutes of play. There was a lot of hype surrounding him coming into the season with the contract extension and wondering if he could be the guy to sort of replace Kawhi Leonard even though no one can replace Kawhi Leonard. So, uh, Jason, do you think he's lived up to mm-hmm. the expectations set out for him or do you think, uh, I kind of need to see a little bit more. Where are you at? Right. Um, okay, so here, here's where I am at. I don't think Siakam is a superstar quite yet, mainly because that I think superstars are made in the playoffs. And not that Siakam didn't prove himself already, but he also had, you know, a mate like Kawhi Leonard. I feel like he's in the DeMar DeRozan stage right now. I think that he he can lead a team to a really, really good regular season, but he hasn't had a chance to be that superstar in the playoffs. Does can Do I think he can do it? Hell yeah. I, I, I was so excited to watch him lead this team to uh, a finals matchup with the Lakers um, this year, but he hasn't had a chance yet. So I can't put a superstar uh, caliber star to his name just yet, uh, but it doesn't mean that he doesn't deserve it. It's just because I haven't seen it yet. That that's all it is. What say ye, Connor? Mm, yeah. Uh, look, we we've I've kind of gone back and forth a bit um, on Siakam this year, and that's it's probably kind of is a little bit hypocritical of what I've said earlier about not being too high or too low. Um, so I'll call myself out on that. I mean, it's it's natural to, um, you know, depending on recency bias or something like that, you you see certain. Uh, results from Pascal to think, oh, he's this guy could win MVP or like this guy is is really slumping this year. And it's it, you kind of go back and forth, but you have to take everything obviously with a grain of salt. Um, Pascal, to me, we have to remember Pascal's been playing organized basketball for like seven years, mm-hmm. right? The guy was gonna be a, a priest ten years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, our, like this guy picked up a basketball at the age of like seventeen, eighteen, and was like, ah, fuck it, I'll play. And now and now he's 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 the best player on his team. He's the best player on the defending championship Toronto Raptors squad in the NBA. Uh, do we expect a lot from Pascal fairly or unfairly? We do. I don't think that I don't think Pascal is the best player in the East. Obviously, yeah, no, Giannis. Giannis, yeah, uh, I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not going to I'm not I'm not going to say that. 
Um, do I think that he's a top three player in the East? Yes. Um, sparse I that think out. That he... Sparse that hmm? out. Sparse that out. Who, who, else, who do you think is second? Yeah. Who do I think is second? Um, I think uh, I think right now, today, uh, Jason Tatum. Really? I think Would Jason... You... I, I I have currently based on recency, I have Jason Tatum ahead of Pascal. Would you? So in that case, you would have Jimmy Butler or Pascal over Jimmy Butler. Yes, I I think I think Jimmy's so overrated. I don't. Oh, I don't. Break I know you. Soul. I know you hate. I don't I know. know. That Adam. I know. I knew that was going to trigger you. I think he's very overrated. Oh. <laughs> Did you not watch the Philly series? We just. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I don't. I don't know. I think Joel Joel Embiid's a better player than jimmy butler oh <laughs> i don't know joel oh, okay. a better player than jimmy butler bro jimmy jimmy's on top five knees. jimmy's not even top five knees. bro i don't know man i want to say jimmy okay okay well uh, Giannis, um jimmy jimmy has Embiid. jimmy has like 10 percent three points since december you want to crown that guy the second best player in the east he turns it on in the playoffs bro doesn't matter is he is is he is can he shoot? This is the same thing as Demar Derozan. It's like seriously, can, not, not really, dude. Jimmy, can, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler's comparable in this in the league right now is Demar Derozan. Dude, no, Jimmy Butler is way better than Demar Derozan. Yeah, dude. Well, he's better. I, I'm not. I'm not going to say he's not better. I don't think big shot. Dude, LeBron. Sh- oof. LeBron yeah. can't shoot free throws. <laughs> like everyone has their weakness like yeah but like i'd rather a guy that dominates everything else yes yes 70 yes. percent from the free throw line than like a guy who can't hit three i'm not trying to make a direct comparison here i i, I totally know. agree with you but like i just <laughs> look i don't i don't value jimmy butler it's stockholm syndrome um, dude that's all for yeah me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe maybe bro i don't know but um and i know i know there will be people that disagree with it and that's fine that's that's the that's the beauty of sport like mm. i love it i love yeah. having debates yeah. like i i don't i don't shy away from it um is jimmy a top five player in the east i, I gotta know. say yeah I think, dude i have to. i don't i think i think he's like five six. Oh, oh wait 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 we're, we're excluding kd and in this conversation yeah, yeah. right yes okay. i'm not i'm not including katie if katie was if katie was playing it would be Giannis and katie KD. top two yes yeah whatever yeah. wherever you want to throw them in um me you know like you can you can make an argument for pascal being the second best player in east today that's fine you can you can make an argument for that um i can go back to the original point before yeah, yeah before sure I, sorry sorry before i go no before i go too off topic because i was starting to get off topic but um Pascal is is going to continue to rise like his rise has been meteoric and it has been so exponential because of the fact that he has such a quote unquote lack of playing experience, right? Like guys, guys enter high school with more playing experience than than Pascal Siakam has right now. So if you if you take that into consideration, like obviously his room like a, a high school basketball player is more room to grow than than pascal siakam like just by by virtue yes but pascal still has a lot to learn and understand like just naturally based on experience yes mm-hmm. so when you take that all into consideration he has the potential of being the best player in the east will he be i don't think i don't think if Giannis stays in the east i don't he think won't. he would ever be better than Giannis. no i don't but yeah. 
there is that ceiling of him like being at that tier. But I think that that's what Raptors fans see. And I think that they expect him to get there now. And I think that that's very unfair. Um, we we go ahead together so many times. Like how, how many times have you seen like, you know, all the all the crap that Raptors get about like not making the playoffs this year or something like that? Do you like how many times have you gone back to Pascal's draft when he was drafted 27th overall? And then everyone was like, who the hell is this kid? Right. And uh, what a mistake Masai uh, with this draft pick. Like, Deontay Davis. They wanted Deontay Davis. Yeah. Oh, bro. I, I don't even know. I don't even know who that is right now. It's but it, the, exactly. the fact that the fact that he what I'm pretty sure the grade was like a like a D, D, minus. D minus or something. D minus, yeah. Like how dumb does it look right now? You know, and that's the type of uh, story that Pascal has on this franchise and this NBA. Like the draft is a joke. If you really think about it, like how many there's 60 kids that get drafted. There's no friggin way that each year that there's there's only 60 kids that are well or or better than anyone else. Right. That should be in this league. So. I think that how the story and how like Pascal got into this league, um, the rise that he's had from like for playing only eight years of organized basketball, like his story is something that we take for granted for sure. One hundred percent, because you're talking about a player that's not supposed to be here. Pascal is a player that is should not be here right now. His game, his learning curve, his drive to be a player that he is right now, it's not supposed to happen. So those are the type of things that we have to take into consideration. I feel like to put him as a superstar is a little bit unfair, uh, but but that doesn't take away the fact of where he was just, say, six years ago. Like the scrawny kid uh, playing for – I don't I forgot uh, – I forgot what – college that he played for but in new mexico state, state? new mexico yeah. state yeah. there yeah. it is like it, it's such an incredible story that we have to you, we just can't take for granted just because we want him to be a superstar well i i do think that he does have that sort of potential in him i do think there are areas in his game that kind of are excel better than Giannis in a way like he's definitely a more reliable three-point shooter than than Giannis. i think i'd rather pascal be taking a deep shot than Giannis, but yes, Giannis is way more athletic overall uh, than Siakam, and it just seems like, even though we're talking and touting Siakam's natural abilities, it just seems like Giannis is just so much well more defined as an individual player, and he's got like that DNA in him that I'm not necessarily sure Pascal can reach, but. We do have to remember. Yeah, I know. This is still a dude that started the All Star game. Yeah. Did yeah. Jimmy Butler start in the All Star game? Just one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was just, crowded with guards, bro. Come on now, uh, bro. Well, yeah, he's a forward, yeah. right? Isn't he technically a forward? He was. He was classified as a forward. Um, if he if he was classified as a guard, he probably would have. Yeah, I think he'd get in. Started. Yeah. Um. Like yeah, Trey, gonna... Trey got the start, right? Trey mm-hmm. got the start. Did yeah. not deserve it. Butler deserves the start over Trey, if he was a guard. I Sorry, dude. Yeah, come on, I man. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, like okay, uh, uh, right, just Jimmy, record Jimmy alone, Butler's Jimmy game. Should have been there. Jim, Jimmy Butler's game overall is is better because he has that. Like Trey Young has no defense. Like, None. Like obviously zero. But the reason why Trey is such a special player is because that offense is just like you. If you if you surround Trey with defenders, which is the plan as far as what I've seen so far with Atlanta. They, then you don't need that. It's the same thing as Curry. Like Curry and, and Curry's a better defender than Trey Young. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that Curry's the worst defender in the league, but Curry is a subpart of defender. Yeah, yeah. He's no you one's... put him with like Clay Thompson, put him with Draymond Green, put him with you know uh, Kevin Durant when when Durant was there. It's just these these long defenders, and it then that doesn't matter. But um when when you're the when you're the star when you're like when you're jimmy butler and you're you're the you're the star and you're not performing on the offensive end you have to give it on the defensive end that's where he excels i don't i don't want to go too off topic but i don't know if you guys agree with me i just feel like trey young's game is the is the way where the league is heading towards and oh, yeah. i'm not ready for that it's a i'm i'm yeah i i'm just not More exciting. It could be that it could. It, is it though? Is it? Do you really want everyone to be the Houston Rockets that shoot fifty three threes a game? Really? No. I, just, I think. I think. I think. I think that. I think Trey Young. Yeah, Trey Young has an amazing shot, but I don't think he completely settles on a three. Like there were a lot of times where he was driving inside and going crafty on layups or passing the ball out. Like I think that he's more than just that, which is kind of exciting to see because you never really know what he's going to do, and that's why he gets his points. He's just a spot-up shooter. He's never going to get 40 again. Yeah. I guess so. I don't know. It's, for me, I, I am more of like a team-based player or yes. a team-based like fan, right? Like when you talk about as a one-on-one player, Trey Young is incredible. James mm-hmm. Harden is freaking incredible. Westbrook, incredible. These one-on-one players are incredible. I'm not taking any away from, from that. But to me, basketball is a team sport. Like if you really want to be an individual player, play tennis. You know, play golf. <laughs> Go, you can so, do that thing. There's there are there's only there's one player in the league that has more than ten assists per game. It's LeBron James. Um, he leads the league in assists at ten point nine or ten point six. Second in assists per game is Trey Young. Mm. Fair. So I would say that like that that's what I mean when I say that like when he drives the lane, he kicks it out all the time. Like that's his thing. That's that's almost like what. Um, we've seen from guys like even like like Lowry and stuff like that, or or, or our guards where they they drive and it's right out to the corner, to the corner, right yeah. boom, out corner, right. take your shot, whatever. Because guys suck into him because they know that he can still hit that layup. It's the same thing with our guys. They but know I mean, that they're crafty enough. How many of those are just dump off passes or kick out threes? The, that's basically all of them for Trey Young. For what I'm talking about is those hockey passes, right? Those second to third to four to right. to get a a good pass or a good shot for a better shot. That's right. the type of basketball that I like to watch. You know, I, I understand that Trey Young can do uh, can do so many things uh, with the ball. Same thing with Kyrie. Like their their handles are second to none, and then but all they have to do is freeze their defender, have the second defender come up, and then free up the post or the dunker position. Of course, they're going to have so many assists because you know their that center position is going to block them, and then they free up their center. So what I, I like to see is Fevin Lee is passing it to Norm, passing it to Saul, who's going to pass it to a gunning OG. That's the type of ball I like. To watch sure but but you know who's the star on the hawks and who's the star on the raptors right like i think i think the dynamic is a little bit different 
whereas Trey Young is the star, so the the ball the play is going to run through him, right? right. Um, when it was the Warriors pre Durant, it was Steph Curry, and the play runs through him, and we sort of saw that similar thing. So I think that the fact of the Raptors not having like the point guard be that bonafide star and offensive weapon has really helped with their ball movement. Because mm-hmm. think about when we had Kawhi Leonard, the ball movement wasn't as fluid as what we've seen this year because he was the guy and the ball yeah. goes to him and he takes a shot and it's been, it's been well documented even in statistics and, and I tests and stuff like that. But that has been um, the, the, the cause of the quote unquote lack of ball movement from last year compared to this year was Kawhi Leonard being that, okay, ball comes to me. I'm going to take my shot. So I think it's the same mentality and that's with with Atlanta, and that's kind of the the blessing and curse of having your point guard be your offensive star because he's supposed to be, in essence, the one who makes the plays happen, like what you alluded to. But that doesn't always happen that way when he's that guy. And I think that's sort of where the difference is there. But I, I completely agree with you. I like to see it this way, but it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see it the other way too. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, no, I I agree. Like, there's just there's a definitely, I guess, like your point, like the the beauty of sports, right? Like, there's something for me that I love about watching basketball. There's something that other players like to watch about basketball and seeing that one of, or you know, the the more ball dominant, the the rangier, the those type of players, and then there's the team basketball. Like, there's there's all these different types of basketball that that you can love. Uh, but what I'm you know what I'm just saying is that like. Trey Young kind of, uh, it, it kind of, there's, his type of play isn't something that I look forward to when I'm watching basketball. Sure. But I think that's that's okay for for every fan. I feel like every fan should have their own ways of looking and, and loving basketball, really. I agree. I think it's very AAU, but then again, I uh, I love defense. What's and- your, what's, what's the, fa- my favorite time of year is March Madness. Okay. It reminds me of, of March Madness. Rest so in I, peace. Kind of, so I have like a, an attachment to it. Rest in peace, March Madness. All right. <laughs> <R. I. laughs> <laughs> Busted brackets all over the world, right? <laughs> um, where are you guys at at your stream? 39.7. All right, good. Make sure we're still synced. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, th- I think that with, you know, going back to Jimmy Butler and going back to Pascal Siakam and the prestige that he you know, has been showing on this team. I I think that Pascal is a special player, and I think, like, he did earn the contract in a way. I still think I need to see a little bit more when you're getting a max contract. No, he's rookie max. No way. He's all-star starter, Adam. I still need to see a little more. I'm greedy. Well, he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be a he's gonna be a well is an all-star starter. He's gonna be all defense. Third team, he's, he's, going, NBA? He's, he's going to be probably second team all defense and second or third team all NBA. I think and you want him to show you more. I think it's because I've been so spoiled by Kawhi that if we're going to have a leader on this team, I can't have as many roller coaster rides and cold spells. So you want consistency? Yeah. Okay. I get that. You know, and, and it's sort of the same thing you and I were talking about, Connor, about OG. Like yeah. the consistency just hasn't been there, and even though he was on a tear towards yeah. like you know before this all happened, um, yeah. I don't want to you know 
lie to ourselves and say that in the beginning of the season, he kind of was absent, right? right. And it's, it's not nearly as drastic or as dramatic as, you know, OGs in that regard. Like, Pascal has been more consistent than OG, but it's just right. when you're paying someone a max contract, I need to see it more consistently. Right. I get that. I, th- okay. I think that's fair. Like, I, I get I get the consistency aspect, and, and that's a valid point. Um, so uh, for that, I understand. But at the end of the day, that's what his accolades are going to be. So for the first year of him being in a max deal like this, really the first year of being a star player on the team, you know, on a team that's been injury riddled, where more focus and attention has probably been on him than what anybody or any party would have expected. Right. Um, I think he's done, I think he's done uh, a well enough job for the contract, but on the other hand, I'm not going to sit there and negate your argument or your perspective and say that you're incorrect because I can see that too. Like we would all like to him to be a bit more consistent. But when I look at just the situation and the circumstances that he's been put into, I just don't, I, 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 I don't, I don't criticize or hate on it. I think he's done to what I've expected or even more from, from the contract. I think he's lived up to it. Okay. I don't know about you, Jay, but that's just what I'm thinking. I mean, like, again, when it, when it comes to Pascal, like the, the contract, it doesn't really matter how, to me, I guess if it wasn't like something crazy, like, uh, I don't know, 30 or 40 million a year or something like that. I, I feel like he's well deserved the money that he's getting right now. And he is proving to a lot of us uh, that he is a star and and we wanted to have a, a mainstay after Kawhi and we got him. So, right. and you know, w- to think about Pascal being the face of our franchise, not saying that, you know, uh, the, the rest of the team is, 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 isn't going to represent as well, but as the face of the franchise, I'm happy that it's Pascal. I'm happy that he is our, our max, max level contract. I agree. All right. Fair enough. Um, so my stream has wrapped up. I assume your guys has too. I'm in the third. I was talking about I'm in the third quarter. Oh, okay. Then my stream. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm done. All right. I was going to say, how's that possible? <laughs> My, that in, I'm on that dial-up internet. Okay. <laughs> right. You're watching at 360p. That's what you're doing. That's right. Yeah. Wait, is that who? Who's on the court? I can't tell. They're all blurry. It's all pixelated. <laughs> it's just squares. I'm just. Uh, I. I'm not yeah. even watching, guys. I'm just playing along. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Um. All right. So to put a bow on this, uh, Raptors, as you guys know, take this game. Spoiler alert: 113 to 104. Uh, it was for me. That, We've mentioned it ad nauseum on the show. There's two games that stand out to me the most this past season, this game and the Dallas game. Um, I rank this a little bit higher than the Dallas game, even though like the Dallas game was fun. It was at home. Kyle Lowry had a performance, but this one for me propelled them uh, into that nice and uh, comfy security level of it doesn't matter what the situation is, doesn't matter what the roster is, this team cannot, can pull through against anything. Um, mm-hmm. What say you guys? What do you think? Do you, you think this one is a little bit more impactful than the Dallas game, or is the Dallas game still ahead for you guys? Go ahead, Jay. Uh, this one was probably... I think this one was more impactful for me. The Dallas one was a lot more fun. 
Mm-hmm. I'd say, but you would have to, you know, slog through three quarters and maybe a little bit in the fourth. This one was like we you could see the effort from both starter and bench throughout the entire game. You had great games from Pascal and Fred, and then you got great games from uh, Boucher and Davis. Whereas the Dallas game, again, like I said, I was a lot of fun watching that watching that um, 30 point comeback. But I mean, it, it took a while to get there. This right. one, I was like, I, I'm so glad that, you know, you got a good game from even RHJ. So I would say this one was a little more impactful. It was the beginning of the season. Yes, I understand. But it was against the Lakers. Uh, it was during a time when we had Serge Ibaka and Kyle Lowry injured. Uh, so it, all all of the storylines said that we weren't going to win this game. And we did. And we pulled it off in in great fashion. So this one to me was was more impactful than the Dallas game. What about you, Connor? Yeah, I think I think that this game, um, and we kind of talked about the narrative of the t- of the team going into the year and early on in the year. I think that this really helped a pro Raptors narrative, and it really made people understand that the Raptors weren't a joke and that they were still true contenders in the East. Whether that's for you to consider as a top team or top three top two whatever because they beat essentially a fully healthy lakers team shorthanded you're missing two your starters rondo Rondo. (laughs) him and his him and his bricks i forgot about that but um (laughs) uh, i know that you love rondo from your celtics oh yeah yeah oh yeah your your second favorite team the boston celtics Mm -hmm. but um look i mean that that i especially that was a that was a well-watched game, and I think that people are keeping their eyes on that one to see how um, the Lakers would come out. I think at that point they were what eleven and one or eleven and two or something like that. Um, they had a great record, a great start to the year. So for the Raptors to come in there on the road against a really hot Lakers team, shorthanded and beat them was a was this was one of those statement games, and said and and they basically said to everybody, look, don't mess with us. Like we're not to be we're not to be laughed at we're not to be joked at we're not baby dinos we're the motherfucking defending champions we're the raptors okay so um i I i think that this was definitely a statement game more than the the dallas game dallas game was was a nice comeback and showed the resiliency of this team which Mm -hmm. i think is what we saw here where it was more of a consistent effort but um that was a resilient effort. Whereas this was, we still have this DNA in us and we're not going to roll over on anybody. And you better take us seriously. Love it. No, I agree. And, uh, to your point, the Lakers came into this one, seven and one, um, so seven and one. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Yeah. They, they had started the, they, they were what? 11 and two or something in, yeah. to start the year or something like that. So that's where I was getting that mixed up. But yeah, they had a, hot we were their second loss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, you know, it proved that this team is legit and, you know, I, although we may be without, you know, any NBA as of now, and, you know, I don't want to put a damper on this to end it, but the the, the aspect of the season re- resuming is kind of low. Like the, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? The chances of that happening are kind of low, uh, as we already touched on the jump of the show. But look, there's always games that you can reflect on that will bring your spirits up during these these shitty times. And uh, we're here for it. I'll do as many watch-alongs as you guys want me to, as long as you guys vote in the polls and tell me which game to watch. I am partial, and I know, Connor, you are too, to that Dallas game, so maybe we can revisit that in the future. Mm. But um, that's going to do it. (laughs) That's going to do it for the watch-along. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. Uh, You guys know what to do. This is uh, obviously a collaborative effort. 
So, uh, Cotter than Jason, go for it. Promote everything you got going on where people can find you. Go for it. All right. You can find me on Twitter at T-O underscore sports views. Uh, you can check out the podcast, the TSV podcast. If you're listening to this already, welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh, if you're if you're listening to one of the other podcasts, make sure you're subscribed to those as well. Uh, that's a rap podcast. And so the six podcasts, again, a collaborative effort on all of our ends, but um, amazing work by uh, Adam to have us uh, all hosted here and, and he and he kind of brings us all together and then yes, of course G- of course Jason for for arguing w- uh, with me on my points I love it <laughs> <laughs> I love having the debates but no it's honestly it's it's a great crew it's a great little little trio that we got here and um, um, it's a lot of fun to watch these games back and reminisce and then we we have talking points that um, we discuss again pertinent to the games and then pertinent to the future and um, if you guys want to see more of it like Adam said let us know in the social medias, uh, give their social media a follow, give mine a follow, tag us in stuff and, and posts and comments and whatever. And if you want us to do more watch alongs, uh, if you want us to do more reactions, anything like that, let us know we're game. I mean, I'll make time in my schedule, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> so, uh, let us, let us know, uh, again, Adam and, uh, and Jay it was, it was fun. I, I love doing this with Absolutely. you guys. It was great. Yo, man, what's the discussion without a little bit of coverage? I love it. <laughs> we got to have it, man. We got to have it. it. It won't be fun if we all just agreed all the time. It's no, so boring. That, that's, that's some boring shit, bro. We need <laughs> to have some fire in here, man. That's right? I love bringing it. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Next time I'm gonna be like, "Yo, I love Patch McCall." No, I'm, I'm kidding. Oh I'm kidding. my all god, right, like... that, it's over. It's over. <laughs> rant, a rant of all rants. Yeah, a mother load of rants would be incoming. No, man. But but Adam, like like Connor said, man. Like I appreciate you and appreciate you, Connor, for bringing us together. Um, I, again, you know, all of us are kind of in the same boat. We're all just chilling at home, really. Maybe working at home. But it's honestly nice to even just talk to my boys. Like, again, like the last time we did this, it was like almost three hours long. This was like two hours long. It felt like 20 minutes yes. just because I'm just talking to my boys about basketball. It's something That's I love it. doing, you know. But yeah, like, again, talk, follow, follow, follow us, uh, myself, Jay and Dre. Uh, we're going to be on Twitter at That's a Rap Pod. And you can email us at That's a Rap Podcast and make sure to find us on all your podcatchers at uh, Raptors HQ when you search us up. But, you know, make sure to search up uh, Connor with the TO Sports Views and uh, again, Adam uh, at Stuff of the Six. And also your new pod with your wife called While She's Napping. <laughs> yeah. well, listen, listen to the first one. Hilarious and also very insightful. Not a parent, but, you know, maybe one day I will be. If you guys are, are parents or expecting parents or just wanting to know what parenting is like during these times, check out that podcast, man. The While She's Napping. Hell yeah, man. Good job on that, bro. If you, you were scared shitless about having a kid, listen to while she's napping the first <laughs> yeah. podcast episode because they break it down. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The star of that show, I should say, is definitely my wife. She She's definitely the one that took over. I, I tried, you know, when we were doing that for the first episode, I was like, are you nervous? She's like, I'm so fucking nervous. I'm like, don't be nervous. It's fine. And poured her a glass of wine. And throughout the entire show, you can see this evolution of confidence that my wife has and it's yeah. a, it, I'm really glad that we're doing this together it's something that my wife and I have been wanting to do for quite some time and uh, the feedback that we've gotten has been actually incredible so I, I'm glad we're doing that um, but as you guys have mentioned yes. if you want if you want to hear Adam sound like an idiot listen to yes oh, she's not. <laughs> yes. or just listen to any Sounds of the Six podcast episode it's, it's the same thing it's the same thing um, but yeah if uh, you know thank you guys for hopping on it's I love doing these. I love having these opportunities to watch old games during these times. 
Um, as mentioned, you can find me at South of the Six on Twitter, six spelled the number six, the letters IX. Hit me up if you want to talk sports. If you want to talk about anything that has to do with anything going on, I'm open to anything and everything, guys. Honestly, these are trying times. Mental health is super important. So if you guys just kind of want to unload or vent about anything, feel free. I don't, I got all the time in the world. Um, and that's the number number two thing, or actually the number one thing about this. Stay safe. Everybody stay safe. Stay clean. Stay healthy. Wash your hands. Use sanitizer. Just stay safe. We're going to get through this. This will all be over sooner rather than later. And when we reflect back on this, we're going to look back at ourselves and say, God damn, I can't believe we got through that. We're stronger as a result. So keep your heads up. Keep your, uh, you know, the, the positive attitudes. We will get through this. I know it seems dire. I know it seems rough right now. We'll get through it. But guys, that's all I got. And uh, thanks for doing this. It, it Honestly, it means a lot to me. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Raptors.